Hey guys, this is Luke here. Thanks for downloading the Thunk Tank podcast. Usually we do a group intro of some kind, but uh, we're pretty busy these days, so this one's going to be solo. Um, This episode is about oceans. I don't really know what the fuck that means, but basically we go into everything interesting about oceans. Uh, You know, from tardigrades and free willy having free will... Uh, we actually talked a lot about space. Um, there's a lot of oceans in space on different planets and, and different moons and stuff like that. So, uh, And also, I kind of consider space like the up ocean and then the regular oceans like the down ocean. Um, and they both have crazy alien kind of creatures. Well, I don't know if space has aliens, but it could, I guess, right? Uh So we go into a lot of uh, shit about space, but also about our oceans and the crazy, you know, creatures that uh, live down there. Uh, There's also an American Museum of Natural History exhibit going on all about the oceans right now called Unseen Oceans. So if you live close to New York City, it's probably worth checking out. I might do it. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Patreon. If you don't know what Patreon is... uh, It's basically a way to support creative work, including podcasts. So the way we're trying to entice people to support us on Patreon is with uh, Drunk Tanks. After we finish a Thunk Tank podcast episode, once in a while we're feeling extra thunky and we uh, keep recording and uh, admittedly get a little bit too drunk, but it usually gets funny and we post those for our Patreon subscribers. So if you want to hear... Uh, less thunky and more drunky, I would go over to Patreon and, and consider supporting. I think the minimum is $1 per episode, which think about it like a nice cup of coffee per month, something like that. Um, and it also, just to support us, we love doing this. Uh, we want to continue to do it. It's not free. It costs some money. Um, this is our first episode where we have Slightly better audio because a, a generous listener gave us a soundboard. Thank you, listener, for that. Uh, hopefully, we'll keep upgrading equipment and getting better quality. Uh, but yeah, so this is the Thunk Tank podcast. I'm Luke. I'm a musician. We have Joe, who's a writer, and Johnny the Genie, who is a, a brewer. Uh, we have absolutely no qualifications from which to talk about the oceans, but fuck it, we did it anyways. Um, So, hope you enjoy. Peace. Attention, humans. This is a Thunk Tank. Please insert this podcast directly into your nearest orifice for viewing pleasure. Okay, you ready? Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Thunk Tank. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Thunk Tank. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there you go. Welcome, come into our, come into our tank. Luke, don't switch to the other peanuts. Welcome to the thunk tank. Come in the tank. We're thinking. And we're thinking. And we're thunked. And we're thunked. Oh my god, I'm probably more beer than man if we go far enough back at this point. And we're live. Those three notes that every classical song ends on, where it goes like dun, 
Dun, three blind mice. Dun. Oh, it's <laughs> the a, three blind mice. Well, really, like music can be reduced to like. Da, no, that's da, what I mean. Da. But it always ends on those three notes. Every classical song ever. Anyways, this is our episode on oceans. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I already totally <laughs> fucked it up. Oh, no, I already, really. I already started cursing too. So all our PG listeners are gone. So you probably just heard us do some kind of intro. Maybe we just got back from an afternoon beer to do that. There's a Sasquatch in it. Yeah, window. Johnny, there's someone behind you in the backyard. There's a Sam Squanch. It might be your wife, but it also might be, I don't know. Johnny, for those of you who don't yeah. know, is joining us live via Skype uh, video, and there's a Sasquatch outside his window. Yeah, welcome. I, I realized listening back to the last episode, we should just, like, introduce ourselves, too. Oh, my name is, uh, fuck, you go first. I, I'm Luke, I think. All right, I'm Joe. Oh, we're doing double intros now? Okay, I'm Johnny. <laughs> oh, that's true. Fuck. No, we don't introduce Let's do. No, no, no. Let's stay super formal with it. Yeah. I think um, the important thing is... Uh, we're going to first start with what beer we're drinking here. We let's. Uh, th- we forgot that formula, I think, the last yeah. couple episodes. By the way, folks, hopefully our audio sounds better today because we have a soundboard yeah. donated and, to us. Yeah. We have a real-life soundboard, which we will link in the description. Uh, that's not how that works. Uh <laughs> Uh, a, a listener generously gave us a soundboard. He was such a huge fan. He loves this podcast. A mixer. You know. So much. He was like, hey, I want this to be even better. So we can play so. fucking YouTube videos that you'll hear. Funny fart sounds. We got um, better sound, hopefully. As yeah. long as I did the math right. Like, I kind of tried to figure it out today, but it's possible that this won't even work. Uh, oh, like we record it, and then people are like, why do they keep referring to these YouTube videos that nobody can hear? Something like that. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. <laughs> yeah. Well, Johnny's holding a sword, so that's something, um, too. I'm so ready for so, this week. J- oh uh, Johnny, the beer we're drinking right now is... Um, I went to uh, a release at Other Half in Brooklyn this past weekend, and they did a collab with Monkish Brewing. Did you hear about that? I'm, I'm familiar with the brewery, but um, I don't really follow Other Half's releases since I can't get go to them fair enough not with that attitude but yeah go on so this beer is called uh lga to lgb um it's a 10 percent. am i right about that joe 10 percent. 10 percent on the dot yeah um i think it's 10 point it's uh, a it's a lot like i would never have it by myself i think yeah 10.0 percent i mean i did the other night but <laughs> how'd that go <laughs> i mean you know it just like i i did this, i did the same thing and i was vibing i was like yeah i feel drunk that's the thing about craft beer yeah. is like the high percentage can hit you all at once yeah but it was, it was a good bubbles, it was the it bubbles help it was a nice smooth and the vibe bubbles. though so like, we, we've got some other beers we'll we'll uh hopefully remember to announce them as we I'm drink i'm about them. to crack this next one actually yeah actually like as I, as we were setting yeah. up i kind of finished my beer <laughs> yeah we kind of we kind of powered through what that. do you have a growler of johnny yeah what do you got going on there uh i got a growler of uh fonta flores charleston gold and it's a farmhouse saison with charleston golden rice so it's really light uh, but Saison's have that nice kind of peppery, like funky farmhouse flavor. Yeah. Which literally like think about what a barn kind of smells like, but like a lot light, like straw, hay, mm, manure, a little bit of horsey, horsey, that, that to grassiness, it. right? Yeah. That grassy horse blanket. Like, yeah, it's, it's like a it's warm kinda, grassiness, though. I, 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 I picture, really dig right? that. It's like yeah. the same grassiness you might get from certain types of tea. Right, and the yeah. rice really thins it's an aroma it out. More so, than anything. Yeah. so it's very light. You know, think like yeah. Budweiser is a rice beer, pretty much. Gotcha. Um, but they use like a white rice, with like extract. This is made with real cool. local rice, and it gives a nice, interesting flavor. That's actually a really so. good podcast beer. 
because sometimes yeah, it's five percent. So uh, I wanted to start off. Start well, you're going to have an edge on us by up. the end, I guess. Yeah, but now we just I do have a growler. The, look up in the sky, Interborough. Double Indian Pale Ale. Yeah, so Interborough is also in Brooklyn. I went there right after the other half, and um, I I would say generally I I was um, less impressed with with the vibe there. They almost gave a very like you know like that that like Portlandia type vibe where like it's almost fashionable for the um, the workers there to treat you like you're a piece of shit. Yeah, I got that vibe there like hardcore. Yeah, that's Brooklyn, baby. It could just be a general Brooklyn thing, but it's common in like the craft coffee and craft, um, the craft world, craft world in general. That it kind of counters that. It's sort of like a very kind, like, "Hey, are you having a good day? How's it going?" Blah blah blah. You well, know? a lot of places. I, I mean, I guess Brooklyn's different because you have so much traffic where you can get away with that. But if you're not in a high volume place necessarily, or you're not well known, that's tougher to get away with because people will you know yeah not come back. i think something about like some people like to be treated like that you know and in a place there's like, like new a... york city there's enough of them where right you're good to go like, i don't know it's a little bit of a of a dominatrix type thing you know domination Pl- in general plenty plenty of that vibe it's like yeah treat go me around. like shit even though i'm the customer you, yeah feed me <laughs> that but you know beer. what i i miss that living away from you live uh, where it's nice now <laughs> People are nice and they talk to you, and it's like you know I, I miss going into just like a greasy Greek diner in the middle like three a.m. hammered, and they just they see you come in, they're like, oh, motherfuckers, like they want nothing to do with you, and they drop the check like way before you're ready to leave, and they're just right. like, yeah, okay, are you getting more food? No, okay, and they just stop filling her co- refilling her coffee after. Like I kind of like that being treated. They send like you shit. the signals of like get the yeah. fuck out. Yeah, yeah, I, I just I I miss it sometimes. Um. When people are nice, it makes it hard when you're in a bad mood to. Because when you're in a bad mood up there, you just take it out on anybody if you want. You know. How do you? I mean, look. At the end of the day, it's not actually a good thing. There's something honest about it, (laughs) on one level, like like the New Yorker stereotype. But there's something dishonest about it on another level too. It's like you're not actually being honest. You know, you're being one layer of honest, which is like I'm angry, so I'm gonna like treat the world like shit. But really, you could just like figure your own shit out and stop being an asshole. But that's what I mean. I feel like that's not necessarily a New York thing because, like, I was in Tampa over the summer, and I think it, it it's a thing that you'll find in cities. Like, when I was in Tampa, every service, or not every, but a lot of service people I met were just totally checked out. Like, mean, negative, nasty, like, even more so than I run into here in New York. So it's a city thing, generally, maybe. I, I mean, I think it might just be amplified because New York City is so big. That actually transitions into that makes sense. Um, the topic today because uh, the topic today is oceans in general, right? Yeah. And I oh, was, yeah, and bigger, I was, bigger makes a difference. Well, I was thinking like this whole city vibe, like um, there's something usually about someone who spends a lot of time in nature, let's say lives in a cabin in the woods or something. You get this feeling like they have this connection with nature that they've kept, mm-hmm. and then through that connection, they find a sense of peacefulness, right? Yeah. But I thought last night, as I was watching Blue Planet, the deep sea episode of Blue Planet, I thought to myself, well, that's one aspect of nature is like seeing the bald eagles like fly across mountains. But you go like the opposite of mountains and you go to like the mountains under the water. Yeah. There's some nasty shit going on down there. People forget that the highest mountains are underwater. They're in like World War Million down there. And it's all in darkness. It's all in complete (laughs) darkness and it's all just like, 
you know, species at these evolutionary arms races, just like yeah. constantly trying to outcompete each other. Do you know other. what's crazy about that? Is that to them, we're in outer space. I mean, yeah, we're the aliens. That's I don't know. I, I haven't even like had time. I was practicing about today one, and I was kids. trying to like run how to digest this whole ocean thing. And I haven't figured out how to. What do you got, Joe? Give me the best. Like, what the fuck's going on with the ocean? And how do you integrate that into, like, well, you know? Like, it's like, well, my... we've... Okay. <laughs> like, I'm freaking out. I don't know how to, like... Deep breath, Luke. So, Deep breath. So, so you think about the oceans, right? And you think about the fact that, I mean, that is where it all sort of got its legs. Pun kind of intended. That's where right? life started, in the oceans. And for, like, most of most of life has been in the oceans. Right, like yeah, you, we're the sequel, right? Yeah, we're the, you, we're the well, we're like series. The, the, we're like the most recent iteration of life, and even then, with although all it did the crawl of out life, of the water like pretty early on, right? Sure, but yeah, it's been it's that. still been in the water, just stewing yeah. for billions of years, or you know, at least a billion years now. And like, if you go back to microbial life, like billions of years, right? Yeah, and those are still <laughs> chilling, well, just the, because other the, things. Well, changed, what's, what's yeah. crazy about that too is that they'll be the last ones too to survive these microbes. Right, like extremophiles, for example, sure, yeah. are these um, organisms that they're called extremophiles because they can live under very extreme conditions. Right, it's like a... Like, for example, you know. they live deep, deep in the ocean where these um, vents are spewing out like hot magma gases yeah. from Basically like a, the a, Earth's a core. volcanic vent. A volcanic vent, yeah. yes. And it's so hot there, the water gets to like 800 degrees Fahrenheit, which you would think... And it's... It's full of sulfur and methane. Yeah, all these like, like things really that are habitable. like terrible for supporting life. Yet these things yeah. have figured out how to be alive there. You but know? but it's terrible at supporting life of things that have evolved away from it, right? Like we have we have come yeah. To... So where it's a self centered view of life in that exactly sense, yeah. be, because those things were chilling you know way earlier. And in fact, uh, well, I I saw some YouTube video. I forget, oh, yeah. I forget what it is. Okay. We can't cue it. You have, I, we're not good enough where I can just cue <laughs> yeah. the video that you don't tell me the name of. But it, it was about how... You don't have all these ready? <laughs> it, it was about this... It was based on this short story. I forget the name, but I'll, I'll link it in the description. And the short story is basically like a black hole comes into the solar system and like fucks up the you know orbits of the planet and Earth gets like ejected so Earth doesn't have a sun and everything freezes. And it, it was sort of uh, talking yes. about like that. Like what if Earth lost its sun and the point that the guy made was that you know the earth could travel you know for a while and still be you know heated at its core because it's so hot and the only things to survive might be these extremophiles still at these vents and they right. but they wouldn't know not that they would know either way they would but just keep doing what they do nothing would change them. Yeah. like their, their functionality like they, they're one of the few life forms that don't need photosynthesis that don't need the sun which that that's a although game at some point that 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 heat that's coming out of volcanic vents that's leftover heat from the formation of the earth itself yeah that heat will dissipate eventually and yes. then they would die when the whole thing becomes just a frozen ice ball but probably long after we're gone well yeah i mean so one of the things that this got me thinking when i was researching oceans this sounds funny by the way i feel like we should give a disclaimer like um we're just three dudes who like our research usually consists of you're, a beer and YouTube up, slash Netflix. I, I, I would, uh, first of all, I'm an academic researcher. You are. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I Bing things. <laughs> yeah. Oh, John, shit, you use Bing? Johnny uses Bing Sometimes. and Google. Yeah, I get all the perspectives. Do you ever there. ask Jeeves? <laughs> I, I've, I've dabbled with Jeeves back in my time. 
Yeah, I like to ask a digital butler to just Google something <laughs> for me. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think you're, you're selling us short, man. I mean, uh, what I mean is... At least some uh, of us have been to college. Yeah, <laughs> what I mean is, Ooh. like, don't hold us accountable if we get something wrong, but we usually don't. Uh, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, you lost us there. We usually do? Is, is that what I meant no, to say? No, I, I, I think we, we come from a place where we've done some research that a lot of other people could do, um, but you, you kind of got to think about where to look for that information. And in fact, a lot of the right, a lot of the vid- like types of videos that I watch now on YouTube, like YouTube channels, if you look at uh, even on our, our podcast channel, a lot of the ones I follow, they're just dudes or, you know, people of whatever variety of, you know, origin, like whether they're academic people, you know, that's what I mean, whether yeah. they're academics or they're just, you know, guys who like people who have regular jobs who started doing research and they're like, oh yeah, I want to do this weird channel on whatever. And then it turns into something else. But they, a lot of them just start by finding interesting stuff and anybody can do it, but it's, it's hard to do. It takes work. Yeah. I think what, what so, we might have as like a general skill set is I think we all are good at finding information. And I was thinking, nom, um, nom, 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 nom. we, we sort of were the type of people to do this anyways. Like if you're, at home one night and you watch a documentary about the ocean that might trigger you into like a two hour random session of like interneting about isn't that, the ocean. Isn't that the funnest though when you're just kind of like hanging out and then you accidentally click on a weird Wikipedia article and about, down the rabbit hole. You yeah. Go. Three eyed fish heads. And then all of a sudden you're just link, link, link. But and I, you're, what, you're I, guess my, I think part of that is how we, cause we like grew up just at the, the tail end of the analog era. And, so, and like when you did have an interesting, que- yeah, when you did have an interesting question, you couldn't Google it. You had to like ask a grown up or find it in a book. So terrifying the, to so think about asking I, a I grown up. We, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think I think we appreciate better like a, a lot of younger people. You know, I I feel like if they see something cool, they're like, all right, cool, and then just move on because they they can always go back. Like it's the the access has been there the whole time. Right. Whereas I like I like to look stuff up because it still amazes me that I'm able to. But it kind of don't you feel like it kind of. But I'm a, I'm a rube. Too? What? Like I so this is one of the things I do with my classes where a lot of professors, they just edit with their students on Google Docs. They'll say you know bring your laptop or whatever and edit on. We'll edit on Google Docs. But I actually still make my students go and print out their papers. Yeah, you were saying that last episode, I think, right? No, I said it at some point, though. Oh. But it, you, I make them print it out because it becomes something real. It's not just in the cloud as another piece of like, oh, yeah, it's not. Yeah, you know. I mean, that gets back to the reading a book. Like, I still prefer reading a book to reading a book on, let's say, um, my iPad or something. Which I can do. Like, I've read books on uh, uh my computer before like via you almost Kindle. sounded like andy from parks and rec like i've read books <laughs> <laughs> i've heard of them yeah. well you know i know things yeah yeah i, I, know I have ideas yeah. <laughs> i fell in the pit well i wanted to uh i wanted to ask you guys so yeah what's before up? we get too far away from the whole microbial discussion yeah uh, did you see they discovered a new type of tardigrade in a japanese parking lot dude i am all about tardigrades in a japanese I- parking lot yeah. What were they doing so, in the Japanese parking lot? Looking for tardigrades, man. They know where to look. Wait, they're, who's they're... they, Johnny? You got to give me more. Yeah, who was looking for tardigrades in the Japanese parking lot? Japanese scientists. <laughs> that should be good enough for you. That's All right. a safe what, answer. What did they conclude about? Are you really going to know like the program at the institute Wait. they work at in Japan if I go and look it no, up? No, no, right no. Now? Please don't waste the time to do that. 
Can you yeah. give me one cool uh, Japanese I'm not, name? Wait, I mean, I could pretend when you look it up, I could be like, oh, the... Uh, actually, the, actually uh, it was a research team from the university in Poland. Oh, that's not so, as exciting. Bam. All right, there you go. So they for anybody who doesn't anyways. know, a tardigrade is also known water as a bear. water bear. Yeah. Right. Um, just Google tardigrade, the image search, and you'll find it's a small little thing, but it has like these like tiny little legs and little so, eye things and head thing. Yeah. Yeah, they're these little things, but they're also extremophiles because they can yeah. survive total dehydration, which most living things can't. They can just like freeze dry themselves. Right. Uh, extreme temperatures and pressures. Uh, which, you know, if you go to the bottom of the ocean, you're going to get crushed to death. Intense radiation, like solar radiation, and the vacuum of space. They've actually put them in the vacuum of space and then rehydrated them, and they come back to life. And for a so while, wanna, too. So, so to take the crazy conspiracy theory approach to it, because I always like to think about that idea. That's why we hired um, you, man. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people think that tardigrades are an example of alien life they might not be from earth that might be how life got to earth is like spores that could survive the vacuum of oh, space yeah, you know they get embedded in, in yeah in the crannies of a meteor or a rocket they survive the, they can handle extreme heat so re-entry through an atmosphere they're fine and you know they hit right. a moist damp planet with nothing with you know nothing to compete with and they just they that's so that's one of the interesting theories but tardigrades are which is really cool. You should check them out. But but even and, in uh, addition, yeah, they to that, discovered a new species. But like the tardigrade, like if you need a, a, a stronger, you know, probably hint that yeah, there there may in fact be life elsewhere in the universe. I mean, come on, these guys, you they can survive well, so, anywhere. So one of the things about like so Johnny was just mentioning that these these little guys are so. Um, hardy that that they can survive so many conditions including space so like this panspermia theory yeah is a theory that because mars was more habitable earlier in the solar system says who um just like the geological history like it was in the goldilocks zone and it had an atmosphere um i don't buy it but go on oh joe's playing character no i I don't buy it see here's the thing joe if I had it's an father... astrophysicist on, yeah. I could I could let him play tennis with you. But if you're you... going to try to play tennis with me, there's going to be a point where <laughs> you're like, how do you know? And I'm like, I don't fucking know, okay? I don't know astrophysics. So you're taking it on faith is all I'm saying. Well, every I would say I would say when you when you push it hard enough, everything is on faith yeah, to a degree. I think that's fair. Because like I said this in last episode, I think, but but even to be a scientist, you do have to make one axiom on the leap of faith, which right. is that the universe makes sense. Maybe the universe doesn't make sense and there aren't any patterns. You know, that's a possibility. Somebody just sent me a great Vonnegut quote about that. I, I got to check that for you. Vonnegut? Mm. So, uh, so anyways, there's a chance that life first started on Mars in the form of these microbial sure, things. Yeah. And then through these early in the solar system, there was so many different, you know, like ast- asteroid and comet impacts. Stuff that, knocking about. Stuff knocking about and that. And so it's, and we already know that like Martian rock exists on Earth. Right. Like we we fi- find them. Do you, you know? know they're sending one back with the next rover? To do what? What it w- chill? Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's Why surprising not? because usually they're very careful when they're exploring other planets to like they have to like 
They might sanitize it. Yeah. They, or oh, sanitize it. the rock. Yeah. They, yeah, they want to make sure that we don't like accidentally inject our own microbial life and then be like, we found life on Mars. It's like, no, no, like we brought that with us because it survived well, the journey in space. Yeah, it's going to get fucked up with the, the, when Elon that famously shows, the, shows up there in an happened with a What, Johnny? With a Mars. So that famously happened with something they sent to the moon and they, they brought it back and there's bacteria and they thought that. It was moon bacteria. They freaked out until they realized it was just something from the JPL, like, clean room. Right. It yeah. was a fuck-up in the... It was just a loogie. It was just a loogie on the lens or something. Yeah, so, but, uh, yeah somebody spit on the lens to wipe it clean. But I, I was also reading that uh, Elon Musk's car is probably the largest, like, bacterial load floating in space. It's Everything that gets sent up by... Did he sanitize uh, it? Yeah, did he... he no. He, they didn't, oh, no, he even said, he's like, yeah, we didn't, like, space-proof it. We just put it in. Yeah, fair enough. They figured they they were pretty sure it was going to explode. So, yeah, I mean, when I saw the video of him watching it launch after it, yeah, he puts his hands on his head yeah. like, "Holy!" I shit. was like, "Oh wow!" So we really weren't perfect sure example if that was going to yeah. work. If there's a couple of tardigrades somewhere in the upholstery, clinging onto the upholstery, they're probably frozen and chilling, waiting to crash into a planet where right. they can rehydrate and get to work. So, so these these extremophiles, that's a really fascinating part of the ocean. And it also connects ocean with oceans on other right. planets and moons. Well, that could and that could even be uh, uh, exosolar too, because they found the the I, I don't know how to say it, um, but that asteroid that came into the solar system I think last year, and it it didn't come too close to Earth, but it came pretty close to Earth, like it passed fairly near to Earth. So that's a situation where yeah, if you had extremophiles or something on it from another solar system. You know why not? If it splashes in an Earth ocean, a, you know yeah, primordial which was Earth happening ocean. happening frequently. Not? In fact, yeah. all of Oth- the, the, all of Earth's oceans came from um, like asteroidal impacts. How do you know that? <sighs> because it was so hot when the planet formed See, that a lot of the moisture would have been driven off. So it had to have been hit with like comets and stuff as it was cooling. Right. It probably helped cool it down. And as the ice melted, it, it you know, well, it, well, it, built was, an it atmosphere. was frozen. It was ice frozen to asteroids far enough yeah. out in the solar system. In the beginning of the solar system, the sun was just formed and the solar wind was so intense that it pushed out any and all gas that existed. And what left behind was mostly rock. Right? Oh, so the gas giants got pushed out? Well, what I mean is, is the water vapor, for example, got pushed out. But far enough out, the heat was not so much that. Uh, ice would become water vapor so it was still ice yeah and the solid ice in this mad dance of an orbit around the sun eventually made its way because there was so much of it to impact earth again and again and again and that's That's what gave and there would have been more of most of the water on earth there would have been many more of those types of asteroids right yeah there's also that's a cool sci-fi uh device to, for terraforming, is you crash drones into ice-rich asteroids and comets and then drive them into planets right. that are a little too hot. Oh, that's not hot. even sci-fi. That's like shit that people are actually considering in in futurist. Well, type, e- yeah, even stuff. even now, like more and more, since especially with private space companies, I've been reading a lot about. There, there's actually companies now that are working on asteroid mining. Like they're ready to do it because a lot of these asteroids, like you're, you're saying. With the early solar system, when you had these uh, protoplanets and these sorts of like large objects too that would crash into each other after they formed, and these, you know, specific metals when you start to form a a protoplanet is just like an early planet that hasn't quite settled yet, and it's not even round necessarily yet. But but yeah. it's been around long enough where the heavier elements settle. Yeah. So like 
they coalesce together as gold or platinum or what, uranium, whatever. But then in the early iron. solar system, iron, sure. Um, they crash and they explode. And then you have these chunks of just like, you'll, you'll find in the asteroid belt, a rock of platinum that's, you know, a few kilometers across, which is more than all the platinum available on Earth right now. Right. And, and it's obviously the reason it's so rare on Earth is why it's so expensive too. Right, because so we might have some, but we can't get to it because it's too deep. It's easier to go to the asteroid belt with a drone spaceship, tow it back to your moon base and mine it there and ship it back to Earth. Right. And it, and that's not far off as, as far off as right. people think. So one connection... You know, oh, sorry, Johnny, go ahead. I just had another cool asteroid fact since we're not talking about the ocean. <laughs> no, no, I mean, say your asteroid fact and then I was about to bring so, it back to yeah. ocean. We'll cycle back. Uh, yeah, uh, talking about like rare earth elements, um, iron or, or, or used to be one, to be honest, like iron and steel. Right. They didn't really have the technology to... to you know, refine the ore in ancient times. I'm talking like ancient Mesopotamia and stuff. So everyone's running around with, you know, copper and bronze blades, which if you've ever had a piece of hammered bronze, it, it would dent, you know? So like yeah. a weapon that, that got bit by another weapon wasn't a great weapon, but uh, you could, they would find uh, metal from asteroids and try to get as hot as they could to rework it. And so there are some like ancient kings would have, you know, the only iron sword in the kingdom. So even if he wasn't that great of a warrior, if you tried to challenge him, you were fighting with a copper sword and he'd That's be out cool. and, you know, you're wearing a wicker shield and he would just bah and chop through your shit. Right. It's like, his, yo, bitch, with this his came from a meteor. Yeah, it was literally like, I got this from, like, the gods clearly sent it right. to me. It was a smoking crater with this glowing in right. the middle. And I said, yeah, make me a weapon to smite my enemies with. It's like, yeah, we should follow that guy. Yeah. That's, That's pretty cool. cool. Um, yeah, and so and they can actually test it now. Like, it, you, that, there's ways they can know, like, hey, this rock is not originally of Earth, even though every aspect of Earth You look for the little trademark in the corner, right? Yeah, there's a trademark <laughs> sign in the corner. Exactly. This is ER. Earth, no, I mean, Earth real. In general, these things just like the loose term would be chemical signatures. You know. That sounds like something you made up, but go ahead, go on. I mean, you know, again, I'm coming at you hard this episode. No, but Joe, it's a, it's a healthy thing. Like Joe, Joe generally plays this game with me where he'll <laughs> he'll he'll just be like devil's advocate to like a hard angle. But it's true. But it's, it's like, really good because it, you know it, what a chemical signature is. So. So, okay, so for me to go farther into that, I could, yeah. but it, it would require me to, like, put the put the brain bike in, like, high gears and yeah. really get the pedals going, yeah. and then it would still kind of suck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, I, I know what you're saying because... But I, I do there, know there, more there than I'm saying. There are yeah. questions like that that you would ask to people who have crazy ideas, and but their feeling would be the same as what you're feeling now. Right. Where they, like, what you just described, they're like, oh, yeah, I could just look it up and I would know that it's true. Right. Except that you're actually probably right. That's the difference, but yeah, there's a lot there. In, but in it's interesting of, that that feeling, that sentiment of, yeah, I know I'm right, is the same. Well, yeah, so it's, it's the, same the emotion of feeling right is yes. always the same. It's and that's how grounded saying. that is, in yeah. fact, and how hard it is for you to, let's say, uncover that. Yeah, you know. Like, but the question you know, is, why do you value? Why do you, why do you value basis. fact? Like, fair enough. I mean, you've chosen to do that. Let's get back to, to oceans, though. Well, that's yeah, dive back in. Episode. Let's dive back so, in. Yeah, so when we're you guys, back in. you guys were talking about space and all that shit, and I was thinking of this funny thing, which is, you know, we always look up at the sky and we think to ourselves, wow, what a mysterious cosmos. We don't know so much of what's out there. It's so big we can't even comprehend. 
yet here on our own planet Earth, I think the number is like 5%, like 5% of the oceans we've actually, um, you know, looked at and know it's, about. It's mapped. Yeah, it's crazy oh. small. And the problem is it changes, too. Like, we don't have a live feed of it like Google Maps. But what does that mean? And map? we can't telescope so. it either. But what does that mean, 5%? Yeah. Like We've only explored 5% of the ocean. What does that mean? Explored like saw it with a flashlight, been there and studied it. What? But and know some, about. We only have radar. Like they know where all the nooks and crannies are. No, I think he means in a scientific way. Yeah, you could use depth finders, but they just tell you distance to stuff. That's so ships don't run aground. Don't. But to actually map it, uh, you know. Let me put it this way, Joe. The, the, Scientists the estimate that only ninety percent. They estimate that ninety-one percent of ocean species have not have not even been looked at or discovered yet. So, so there are giant octopi. So all the ocean species that oh, we yeah. know about account yeah. for, like, let's say, roughly 10% of what actually exists. But is that because we see the most obvious ones, probably, like, big ones, too? Like, Well, it has to do with how deep the ocean is, too. Yeah. So, like, the average how depth big it of the ocean and how big it is. It's so big. The it, planet is is mostly blue. 70%. Forget, it's, yeah. it's mostly water. There's a lot of land on it, yeah. but... You know, a lot of people are running around on it, but it's still like way more water. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't believe that it, you would need like 80 million Mount Everest to weigh as much as all of the Earth's oceans combined. And that's a very interesting specific fact I just uh, said. Shit. Speaking of um, the ocean weighing things, um, like the the water pressure, you know, like you hear about submarines. Yeah. And how deep they can go, how how deep people can scuba dive, right? Johnny, what would you guess is the 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 average average, not the deepest because that's way way deeper, but the average depth of the ocean. Hmm. Well, the deepest is like six or eight miles, I think. Yeah, I, I don't know the exact map, but it's spots. thirty. 36,000 feet is like the deepest in the Mariana Trench. So what is that like eight miles or something? And the I was looking up the pressure down there is so high that like per square inch, it's about the same as the energy in a barrel of a shotgun. Jeez. So it's if you so that's why submarines are crazy expensive. A spaceship only needs to survive one atmosphere, you know. Yeah. Like it goes into space, it doesn't have to worry about pressure, like the extreme well, pressure on it. James Cameron was one there. of the guys who went the deepest in a submarine. Yeah. Um, he went into the Mariana Trench and um. I think that one other guy went slightly deeper than him and some oceanographer. He was probably like, fuck it. I'm going a thousand, you know, 1000 more feet to set yeah. a record. And, but it, it's so intense was, there I, that for most submarines, like the, the military type of submarines, if they, they were that deep, it, yeah. th their entire metal shell would just crush Kaplunk, like tinfoil. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's well, called water imagine pressure. That. Think about a submarine where every available inch, like it's just covered in a million shotguns aimed at it, and they're constantly <laughs> exactly. firing on automatic. <laughs> yeah, the key it has to be able to withstand that amount of pressure. Yeah, to survive down. The there. key it's to that crazy. shotgun reference you gave Johnny was that it's per a very small surface area, so it's yeah. not like you know one shotgun shooting at a submarine. It's thousands yeah. every small area just constantly, constantly. shooting. Just and like that, yeah, it just, just crushes submarines. Yeah, and I was and reading humans. the first, the first <laughs> I, guys I to go down it. to the Marianas Trench in the sixties. Uh, they the the submarine could only stay down there for twenty minutes, and they went down too quickly, and they disturbed all the sand and dust and stuff 
that there's not a lot of water movement there because of the pressure. So they they stirred it all up and it didn't settle by the time they left. So they weren't able to take any pictures or get any do what any research. What a waste research. of a they went, hard oh, journey. Oh, because the pressure so much, it's just like suspended. Well, no, it's just they only had 20 minutes to stay down there. Yeah, so it it by the, it took so long for it to because I guess it had been undisturbed for so long. No, no, that, no, but that's what I mean because the pressure is so intense. It's not like it pushes it down to the bottom. It's just stuck floating then, and like eventually it will get pushed uh, to the bottom because the pressure is higher at like each like you know iteration each like inch or whatever but like there's no impetus to really push it down immediately well it gets caught in currents like like temperatures of water form these you know but those are probably pretty slow moving at that depth yeah i mean yeah the low points there's really not a lot of movement because it's like a it's just a low that's like i was i was so i was watching this video about actually the biggest technically and this is, I'm sure, up for debate among people who know way more about this than I do. But the biggest ocean in the solar system is actually on <laughs> Jupiter. And it's when you get down to a certain layer, the pressure becomes so extreme, but the temperature becomes so high yeah. that you wind up with what's called metallic hydrogen. Jesus Christ. And it's basically, it's almost like plasma, but it's it, it it's something different, I guess, because of the pressure. And if you were to fall, I mean, of course, you would be crushed and vaporized. But theoretically, if you weren't, you would get to a point where you're just sort of suspended. You float. You, between between the pressure and the gravity. And you would just be suspended forever. Kind of like that, where it's like, yeah, there's no right. force to really make it settle at a certain point of, of pressure, probably. So, Joe, you, you brought a good point that blew my... Like, you know, you, you read something and you, like, make it click and your mind breaks for a minute. Yeah. Is reading about all the different oceans on different planets. Yeah. Like we just happen to be the way earth is positioned yeah. and what kind of elements are on it and its size that our oceans are water, that it's water right. and like liquid gas and solid state. But you go to other planets and they got oceans, the temperatures and stuff. They got oceans that are liquid methane. Right. And like Joe's saying, whatever metallic hydrogen. Or the on some of them, that? their oceans are under the surface. The surface is frozen cold because sure. it's out of the habitable zone of the sun. It's too far away. Well, there are more under ice oceans in the solar system than there are surface oceans right. in the solar system definitely because we're the only one but that's what i mean what does that say about oceans is it is an ocean really by definition you know if you want to look at it that way an under ice sort of world or realm or whatever like what defines well, I, an actual i think ocean? i think under is the word because even here on earth most of the ocean is this underworld that yeah. i think that's the key you know right? that's such a human like um phrase you hear in different kinds of mythology too the underworld right and i was always terrified as a kid when i was at the beach and i would i would just mm. think to myself what is mm. under there like and how yeah. far does it go and the best answer i could think of or that i would get from adults that i would ask would be forever it, it, it's just it, like it looking mi- up at the night sky it it mi- might as well go might on as forever. Well, the key is it might as well go on yeah. forever but that's and, a healthy evolutionary trait at this point. Well, so it's so terrifying. And, you know, like, have you ever, have you guys ever been to the beach at night, especially? Yes, it is dark. There's something right? so dark about the yeah. sea that, like, my body, I mean, I love walking at the beach at night. Don't get me wrong. It's really peaceful. I used to live at a beach. So I have, I've thought deeply about a beach. Those were Luke's about hobo, beaches hobo and days water. when he uh, just kind of rolled around on the beach for a while there. Well, I mean, sometimes I fell asleep on the beach, but that's different. <laughs> um, but I would always contemplate, like, like there's a whole world down there where none of the skills I have matter. Well, they're not even applicable. I mean, I can't see. So, yeah. for example, like, any more than, 
800 feet and virtually no sunlight is getting down there, but some is well, past 3000 feet. It's, it's the blackest black you can ever imagine. It, it's, it's as futile to try to function in that environment as if you were just in the vacuum of space. Right. It's if, just if, as if foreign. You're, if you're just thrown in. There's one difference though. There's insane life down there. Like, well, I was watching know, yeah. the deep ocean part of, of Blue Planet, and holy shit, like, you think you're watching aliens in the deep ocean. Well, you know what's funny about that is that if you tweeted out, oh, my God, live NASA video of some probe on some moon. It could just be Earth. Underwater and just tweeted that out. A, a lot of people would retweet that probably. Well, I mean, they look like aliens. So yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm not listening saying that, that is, is doesn't like... know what, what the deep ocean creatures look like at all. Some I, of them are wacky as I really fuck. can't do it any justice. You just have to look it up. Yeah. Um, You're like, why are those teeth like that? They, the, the, the craziest of things. like that? And you get the craziest of evolutionary tricks where certain fish are learning how to... That dude has a nose. Why? Well, I mean, the, the craziest one I saw last night was a certain fish who would take the, the little, little bit of light that's coming down from the surface... And similar to like a chameleon, it yeah. reads that wavelength of light yeah. and then makes itself completely transparent to these hunter fish that live below it. Yeah. But then these hunter fish out evolved them yeah. and detected this special vision that was like, it was sort of like the, the predator, how he could just see in the forest. It didn't matter, right? Well, he could see it, They have that kind of vision. Like it's that, like, yeah. oh, you're pulling that trick on yeah. me. Turns out I figured that out. Like, yeah. And they just swim up and fucking eat them yeah. and then it's like dead fish yeah. you know like it's life or death down there and they're they're playing dirty little tricks and they're spitting out bioluminescent but that's what i mean like you you yeah. look at examples like that and i think to myself why have we not just sent a robo submarine to the fucking methane seas of titan they're oh, there yeah, yeah. we know they're there we know where they are we know they're big some we of those seas sent, are we big. have sent some things to titan i think oh we've sent probes yeah. we've sent probes that have landed but Send a fucking but you mini now have submarine. To, you now have to land the probe, figure out where to go to drill, and then how to drill and how to send no. that information back. No, you don't, you don't need to drill. That's different from the ice oceans of like Enceladus or Europa or some of those frozen planets that have the underwater ocean. Titan is is solid. It has it has it's the only other. Body. It's kind of Earth like, yeah. Well, it's it's closer to Earth than in some ways than than Mars or can Venus. You, can you? It sum has surface. Up? Uh, for any anybody listening who doesn't know about these, like the moons of different yeah. planets, and yeah, so so to start with Titan, Titan is a moon of Saturn, and it's a, a pretty big moon. It's bigger than our moon, actually, and it's so cold there because Saturn's obviously farther out in the solar system than than uh, Earth is by by a large degree. It's past Jupiter, and um, it's the next planet after Jupiter. But it's so cold that water freezes into ice and acts like just another solid like a rock surface whereas methane is able to be at liquid form at that temperature i forget the exact temperature but it's fucking cold so they have so much methane that it forms into these seas and there's i think it has about one atmosphere of pressure titan too so it's really cold yeah but, but pressure wise it's very similar to earth and they have these seas these oceans but they're just of a different a different you know element which is which is methane and they're pretty ex expansive, and they've they found evidence of, um, you know, not huge waves like we have here on Earth, just because methane acts very differently as a liquid at that cold of a temperature. But there is wave movement to some degree, so there there is at least some sort of motion, and who knows what that could lead to in terms of 
what might be going on under there. I just think it's something that it, I, I'm hoping within the next few decades we get our acts together and send something there because I just want to see pictures from well, so the seas on another very Earth-like body in that sense. Two things worth saying. You were saying liquid methane. So every element can be found in the stages of matter, liquid, yeah. gas, solid. Yeah. But it's it got to be... depends a, on the... It's got to be a, that specific window of temperature. And pressure. And pressure, It's always sure, about yeah. the temperature right. and pressure. It's the triple well, that, That's like we were saying example. about Jupiter and metallic hydrogen. You can have a metallic hydrogen ocean, but it's yeah. got to be 8,000 degrees on Jupiter under a bunch of thousands of miles of clouds, you know? And pressure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. The, which is, yeah. by the way, pressure, when we say water pressure or air pressure, yeah. it's literally just the weight of yeah. that. Yeah, the, 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 the pushing the other down liquid force, on top the of weight it, yeah. of that. On top and around And if you've it. ever carried, yeah. like, um, you know, a bucket of water or, like, I remember playing sports and, like, certain people would always yeah, have to carry, carry a bucket like, of water. the, um, carry the uh, water cooler for the whole team. Yeah. Water is very, very heavy, and that's yeah. why you can't go that deep in the ocean without, like, a scuba diver can't yeah, go that deep. You Your lungs prepared. will crush. Yeah. Now, what is... It's it's a little over seven pounds per gallon. Yeah. That's heavy. Now, what is the That's trick that yeah. creatures that can live like 10,000 feet down, let's say, what is the trick that they figured out? They're aliens. They're mostly water, like jellyfish. Yeah. So yeah. what's the one thing that can push against water just, just fine? More water. Water. Yeah. We're mostly, you know, like our lungs crush under the weight of water. Right. Right? Well, we've evolved out of that, out of exactly. that environment. Yeah, and so so that's crazy. Mammals, we evolved out of water, and we went on land. But then some mammals decided to go back in the water, that's and true. that's how you got whales and dolphins exactly. and stuff. Right? Penguins, like which took to the air and then came back down. So evolution yeah. is filled yeah. with these yeah. like funny little yeah. things. I I was Big playing time. Joe a video just before that. Um, there are there's a a time where where fish branched into two distinct, um, different. Uh, you know, types of fish. So tasty and tastier. Yeah, I like them both. About 420 million years ago, um, <laughs> the the bony type of fish split into two types: ray finned fish and lobe finned fish. Ray finned are like those thin, those like very thin, flimsy like fins. You Not know, tasty. Um, I don't know about their taste, but the lobe finned like ones have these like meaty appendages, <laughs> yeah. and they have bones that attach those appendages. That sounds a little more human. And though. as they started to occupy shallower and shallower waters and living in the weeds of shallow waters, they eventually crawled onto land, you know? Right. Well, and our large moon is a part of that, too. Our moon to our planet size is huge, and it's very rare. Well, it's the, big, it's, it's it. the biggest comparison or proportion in the solar right. system, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. It's it's for the size that Earth is. The Moon is gigantic for how close it is. Yeah. Uh, but that's it causes like the tides. That's a lot of wave action. Six feet well, of difference. Yeah. Well, they think a that day. was a so that helps to rinse the the, the land uh, the yeah. movement, which is, would lead more animals to go up. Right. On, they think that was a big part too. of evolution. Yeah. So the tides not only you could have had on hundred Earth. hundred mile tide pools you know that just well especially a, bi a billion years ago even when the earth was closer uh, the moon was closer and tides were more extreme tides would have been more extreme so the tidal pools would have been sick they would um, have been pretty wild we were just talking so i mean before. like a continental like all of california was a giant was the size well, yeah, of that big as a tidal pool yeah, you're gonna you, get a lot of stuff coming in and trying to make a go of it right a lot of fish poop and stuff and a lot of it doesn't make mm, it but it only right. takes some of it and then you got monkeys and trees um so like that that this I mean I everybody knows about the tides but like it's easy to to not think about it so much. Well the tides come in and the tides go out. Right. I, I As Bill O'Reilly might say tides go in, tides yeah, you, go out. Can we you link that in the description? Can't explain it. 
we we'll, can link that. We'll link it in the description. There's a video where um, Bill O'Reilly, the old Fox News host, was um, who, who having a back and forth with officially. some atheist, right? <laughs> and he's sort of like, he's trying to give the God of the Gaps argument. Yeah. Which the God of the Gaps argument is like, there are things in science you can't explain, so... Aha, there you go. That's yeah. God. Like right? why like why the sun goes around the earth. Well, I mean, again, I I'm of the of the place where I can I can push it far enough to be like, yeah, it is a mystery, but for the wrong reasons than no, what but you I mean, think. But, but I mean at a certain point people would have said that. Yeah. They would have been like, Well, why does the sun go around the earth? And oh, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, it doesn't it'd be like, well, well execute. And that's I the like... flaw of God of the gaps, is that yeah. the gap always uh, shrinks because we learn. That's what I like more. about yeah. it, yeah. But according to that and definition, Bill God gets weaker every year. Because <laughs> he loses more of his domain to now. science, right? He's, a, he's yeah. applying for Trump food so boxes. So we're slowly killing God, I guess. If I'm that's not. the argument that you adhere to, the God right. of the gaps argument. But the funny part of the Bill O'Reilly one was he didn't even use anything that was a mystery. He used the thing that, like, fucking has been figured out for a while. We got that one in the like book. Aristotle How do the tides knew that work? shit. What yeah. are the equations for gravity? We know yeah. that shit. Like, well, nobody was really ever arguing that. 94% of the universe is unexplained dark energy and dark matter. Why don't you like use that as your God of the gaps? Why don't you use the 95% of the ocean that's never been looked at? That's a good, you know, yeah. place to use. It's like for the God of the gaps thing, I, re I would respect it if someone was actually pointing to a gap and not pointing to a gap in their own, you know, knowledge. Right. It's a gap that you could easily fill in by Google. Or Wikipedia, or I mean, yeah. Google then Wikipedia. <laughs> Even Ask Jeeves would take care of oh, yeah, it. Yeah, we'll take Ask Jeeves on that one. Like, how, yeah. what we'll do the tides come in and tides go out? You can't explain that, you know? Yeah. Should I just play it? We have that capability now. Can you do it? Can yeah, you why I don't you cue it? that up? Well, up. I have, because I, I have a question. Speaking of mammals, aquatic mammals, uh, if yeah. you guys are familiar with the aquatic ape theory, which I find very interesting. I really, um, even if I were, I would need your take on it, and I'm not. So yeah, go for I, I it. want you to keep talking, basically. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so the aquatic ape theory is that, you know, because we are very different than other uh, primates. So. In what way? It, it's the idea that we kind of, I mean, we don't have a lot of hair. We're very, you know, we're pretty fine and hairless, um, and uh, we're, our limbs are, I guess, are more proportional to the rest of our bodies than them. You know, they got much longer arms and shorter legs, and they don't really walk upright as often. But so the theory right. is that we, especially back when you go back in our evolution, there's a lot more things that could kill us. Um, that's why you kind of had to like swing around in the trees to outrun like giant fucking saber tooths and just predators that would love to eat a big fat monkey. That's a lot of protein, you know? So, yeah. um, the, one of the theories is that we took to the water and, um, you know how your fingers get Webbed. like, uh, when you, when your fingers are in oh, the get water wrinkly in the long, bathtub. Yeah, the wrinkly. That the theory is that because that actually is folding your your skin absorbs the water, it, 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 and you actually get more surface area. That's why it gets wrinkly, so it'd be easier to grip tools and things underwater. Was like the thought of that. spider water man. So, oh, interesting. Yeah, like some kind of interesting, like a mermaidy kind. So if we lived along the coast, uh, you Did know, you say mermaid, let's Johnny? say. <laughs> yeah, I slipped that in there. But like if you live along the coast and let's say, you know, a pack of fucking dire wolves are coming to eat you, you can just take to the water. And the wolves um, also, don't have uh, wrinkly, wrinkly paws that allow them. Right. 
Um, or yeah, and, and we're pretty omnivorous, so there's there's always been a lot of food in in, in coastal areas. So can, uh, can I ask? Yeah, a question? you know, and, and that might and there's not there wouldn't be a lot of records of that because the same reason there's not a lot of ancient coastal cities. A lot of them are in deserts and stuff because that shit gets washed away by the tide. So yeah. if we did have really primitive tools because we were aquatic ape men hundreds of thousands of years ago, there would be very little evidence of it. Well, a lot of it's but underwater. It's just too. a cool idea to think about. I mean, have you seen that orangutan spear fishing? I'll no. believe anything. Yeah. Can you cue that up too? Anyways, I'll cue that up. But here, here's the Bill O'Reilly, um, and it, it, this is sort of a version that has Neil deGrasse Tyson, like, like. Wait, this is him and Neil deGrasse Tyson? No, no, but Neil deGrasse Tyson's talking about this. Oh, okay. Actually, I should play the original version real quick. It's this. Oh, I'll tell you why. A man that was you know, built by a man. I'll tell you why it's not a scam, in my opinion. <laughs> All right. Tide goes in, tide goes out. You can't explain that. <laughs> so you his, can't explain that. His basic that. idea is tide goes in, tide goes out. You can't explain that. No, Therefore, you you're an idiot it. for being an atheist. Fuck you. So this is Neil deGrasse Tyson's like sort of uh, uh, rebuttal to that. Oh, I've seen this. This is good. Now, when you talk about these things, somebody in the audience must come up, I assume, and say, well... We only understand 4% of this stuff. Yeah, that's great. So how I love that, it. <laughs> how, how is that different from Bill O'Reilly saying, well, in that case, the rest of it's gone. We, you, you guys are just, you're just expounding beliefs here. You've got no evidence the for the 96%. The difference is we do understand the tides. The tides are part of the 4% we understand. So Bill O'Reilly is yeah. giving a list of things that are fully understood. If he had given a list of things that are not understood, okay, that would be a different reaction. Right. And it would be less susceptible to comedic mockery. Right, that, that's the key I remember. He would it would say, be less susceptible to comedic mockery. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but only less susceptible. Right, right? yeah, that's because the key word. that's yeah. the point is the God of the Gaps already doesn't work, mm -hmm. but Bill O'Reilly didn't even make bad it the less it. susceptible yeah. version. Yeah. He made it the most, which is, Oh, tide goes in, tide goes out. You can't explain that. It's like, no, no, you can't. Plenty of people can. You know, like... Can, can you explain it? Yeah. So, like, I can pretty well, and then I can't when it gets to the math part. You know, that's yeah. always my ticket out is, like, I, I do well, not... Well, that's where God's hanging yeah, out. Yeah, you're that's making... Like, God's hanging out with math, the... dude. Yeah, you're making assumptions <laughs> yeah. like the moon is real. I mean, that's on you. I can't change your mind about that. Um. So... The thing about tides that, that I, I just remembered why I brought up tides was the only reason that oceans could exist on moons like Titan, um, Europa is a moon of Jupiter we mentioned, yeah. is that the tidal forces of the, like Jupiter and Saturn are such big planets right? that the tidal forces they exhibit on, exert rather, on um, the moons are so much that the actual rock of the planet right. is moving back and yeah. forth, and that creates friction, and friction creates heat, right? Yeah. And so it's heating up underneath the surface of these moons enough that we know liquid water must exist. Well, well, that's Titan's not that case, but all the ice ones are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the so, icy ones. So, like yeah. Enceladus, I, I think Enceladus is actually because Europa and I think Ganymede are the two of Jupiter that have icy surfaces, but underwater oceans for that reason. And I think um, I think Enceladus is the one that's a moon of uh, Saturn that, it, that, okay. that that does that as well, because of, like you say, the tidal 
what you would call yeah. tidal forces. So just or like we right? we all we all know that like water, if you just sit at a beach, you'll see the water come in, or and the tide. It go looks out. like the water comes in and the water goes out, but literally what's happening is there is always a bulge of water somewhere facing the moon. Yeah, pulled towards the moon wherever the moon is. However, Earth is also spinning. So what you're actually experiencing yeah. when the tides happen is you are on the solid Earth and you are spinning underneath the water that is bulging. And so you're actually spinning towards the bulge of water. And we see that as water coming towards us, but really we're spinning into a bulge of water. That's the tides, right? That creates a friction that will eventually slow the rotation of the Earth enough that we will become tidally locked to the moon so that the same side of the Earth always faces the same side of the moon. Which is ironic because the... Uh, we do already. Si- well, no, the moon no, is No, the same side lo- of the moon always faces the Earth, but we spin underneath that still. And we'll, we'll be... Oh, I yeah. mean, the other way to think about it is that we'll become tidally locked to the sun, which is what happens to a lot of planets that are closer to their sun or they're, they're much smaller than their sun. Oh, like those star. binary, like... Yeah, like if, you, if you're if you in a system... That's why a lot of moons become tidally locked because there's so much, you know, even our moon... It took about a thousand years for our moon to basically be locked, I think. After um, it formed? After it formed, it was doing like this crazy ballet of like cosmic yeah. proportions. But how do you define like its formation? Like we don't even quite know how it was formed. I mean, they think it was an asteroidal impact that knocked a big chunk of Earth off. But you don't... You, you, even from that, like I've... Because I've read a little bit about that and there seems to be very little... Not very little, but there seems to be a lot of conjecture or, or debate in terms of like how much of that was whatever proto body crashed into us versus the Earth itself. I think it's it's definitely an unknown for sure. Yeah. But but there, I as far as I remember, it's they think it was an asteroidal impact. They just well, the it, details it, are it, a little it, murky. You're right in the definitely with the idea that, and this is an important distinction too with some some other moons that some moons are just captured, like you look at the moons of Mars, uh, Phobos and Demos, and those are both captured asteroids, I believe. Uh, and there are other moons in the solar system that are, are that same way. And maybe even- Are they round, those ones you just n- mentioned? They're so small, I, uh, no. They're, I, th- yeah. I think like one is yeah. six miles or six kilometers in diameter and the other's like 13. They're very small. It takes a certain mass yeah. to become round. But I, I think, yeah. exactly. And, and I think the Earth's moon is one of the few moons that, that may have its origin from the earth itself that's that might what's be so a, weird about it yeah, yeah that's why, it's, why it's how so could big. it yeah exactly that's why how could it have gotten huge. so far inside the solar system before it got caught in our orbit our exactly orbit, you know yeah there's so many right. bigger things that should have pulled it well look so at jupiter, it jupiter. Sense that how many was, moons yeah. do you think jupiter has like 60 or no it's over 100 it's I think. at least over 60 yeah <laughs> it's at least um and and that's because it's the biggest, you know. I was also reading that the no the moon has the moon has earthquakes too. Its core isn't totally, uh, you know, isn't totally inert. It's just a lot smaller. And since the since it is such a smaller body that they think it rings like a bell, you just can't hear it. Oh, I've heard about space, that. But, yeah, but the way the way uh, it's so tiny when it gets moonquakes, which is a great word. Isn't I that like part today. of hollow moon theory? What. Like, uh, because they measured that on the moon where when the Apollo astronauts were there or whatever, where it would, um, 
they measured like these moonquakes or something, and it was like these small vibrations. They could measure them around the moon or something like that, or they would yeah. circle around the moon like a bunch of times, like you like would happen with a bell because a bell is hollow. And that's mm -hmm. part of like hollow moon theory that the moon's a space station or some shit like that. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it probably was just hot and then cooled, or any other actual shrunk. science. Some other science, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I don't know, man. We don't see the dark side of the moon. Who knows what's there? Have we seen it? Is there a picture of it? Can we, can we bring that up? Can we cue that? I mean, there, there's, there's pictures if you believe them, but I don't you think most people check it out for yourself. I don't think most people know that that the, uh, the India e has a pro a, a rover going. I think this month or next month they're launching a moon rover. That's not coming back. It's just a one way thing, but. There, I think China NASA has a few planned. A bunch of countries are like using the moon as a, just NASA a goal just announced to test their space. I think agencies. NASA's trying to get back to the moon like soon. I think in 2019. I don't. I don't know if it's. I don't think it's manned, but like to launch it there to start to build a moon base or some shit, shit like that. Well, I think they just like I, we probably have good enough batteries now that they can make put like a permanent station there with a solar panel, like a permanent device collecting thing. I feel like the you think about when we used to send shit in the seventies yeah. like, compared to what we could do now. Do you see the selfie the Mars rover took? Which one? It, they turned they the 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 good the, the newer the newer one. Opportunity I think. No, I mean Curiosity. I mean which selfie? Whatever. I've definitely seen Mars rovers take selfies. Oh. <laughs> well this this one because they, they it's up there for so long that they just start doing stuff it wasn't designed for. They're like, well, yeah, they, they live past their missions, so, these rovers by yeah, like decades so, almost. So they, they turn they turned around the microscope camera and zoomed it out and took like a blurry selfie of it. But it's also yeah. just a convenient way to check on it and the status of it to see if it's been fucked up or not. Like, Yeah, but that's kind of... Now, my question is, if, if Mars had oceans and an atmosphere and Mars is tidally locked... Is it? Uh, like, yeah, its plates don't move anymore. No, tidally um, locked Tidally locked just means that you always face your, like, host body. Like, whatever... Okay, well, then w whatever it is when the plates uh, lock up, but... Uh, the the tectonic plates or whatever. Of, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what you would call that exactly, but I know what you mean. It's like Mars got to a certain point where, um, the the my, plates, my question is the planet sort of settled. Oh, the plate tectonics of Mars. They're dead. Stopped, and when yeah. that happened, it lost its magnetic. Um, it lost everything. It's magnetic lost its, field, and, and when that oceans. happened, the solar yeah. wind stripped its yeah. atmosphere. So if you were, either conscious. A conscious being, like society living on Mars at the time, or just an unconscious animal trying to survive, or bacteria or whatever. Yeah. Um, wouldn't it make sense that you'd go underground? And like, how far underground? Uh, he's he's getting into. Uh, would you have to go if you were smart getting, enough to know into... that your your planet? Like, if you were a smart enough society to know your planet was losing its atmosphere, could you plan ahead. Are... You'd be you'd be able to say, well, once we lose our magnetic thing, like so, uh, are you trying to say that we should we have to go this deep? So my question is, how far do we have to drill into Mars to find the people there? You're saying how far do we have to drill into Mars to watch Total Recall? Is what you're saying? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, my question would it? be, what are the chances of that same scenario, but like deep in the ocean? Like what do you what, what do you, do you think about like some advanced like how like, advanced like, like advanced like whale. Like fucking, society down in the ocean where they're just like, like whale. Mer Mer I'm just Atlantis picturing like a, a, a judge whale that's like swinging the gavel, like guilty, guilty. Can he swing it with his? You tail? are banished to the the Pacific Northwest to be watched yeah. by whaling ships and possible Japanese whalers. You get kicked out of their societies. 
<laughs> and they have like, to come live out near I the mean, surface. I mean, it's so mysterious, and like we don't almost don't know anything about the deep ocean. Like it could be anything, right? Well, what if mermaids are real? And when we first started knocking about and wooded ships all over the place. The few times they said hi, they like fucked them and tried to eat them, and they're like, "Oh, fuck that! We're not going up there anymore." Can you say that uh, in appropriate terminology? What if the mer- what if the mermaids are just hiding from us now because they're terrified of humans? Rightfully so. Right. That's and, possible. And are the mermaids like your monkey theory, where monkeys went back in the water? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> he thought for a second. He's like, "Yeah, sure. Why not?" Yeah. No, that fits. It all fits. The science <laughs> checks out. Yeah, um, <laughs> you can't explain that. But so seriously, how how un, I don't think it's that unreasonable to think that there's at least some extremophile microbes living under Mars. Well, there's especially because still they, down there. Did you see the shit that they? Uh, I, I I think it was maybe NASA released um, a few weeks ago about they mapped all this fucking frozen undersurface ice on Mars with this. I don't know what they used, but they were able to map like I, didn't, I don't know if I heard about that. It's frozen water, and it's 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 there's a lot of it, and it's un, it's just under the surface because obviously all yeah, the surface so what water. Yeah. So what if they what if there's underground oceans below that, and it's just the outside's frozen? You know, I, I think we should send a giant drill to Mars with a probe on, attached to the end and just uh, drill as deep as you can. That's an idea. Call Elon. I'm sure he'd be. No, interested. I mean that is an idea. And then the the thing is, well, how do you how do you be sure that you don't just infect it with Earth life, like we talked yeah, about earlier? Yeah, but why earlier. do you, why do you care about? That's why we should do it life. now before we because they want to know if they're discovering life on yeah, another but what, planet. When or not. have we given a shit about not? Just tossing our shit wherever. I mean, we NASA's want. different than just like people like colonizing some. Yeah, different... but guess who's gonna get to Mars before NASA? Elon People Musk. Businesses. Yeah. No, Elon Musk is going to get there. I mean, he, I'm sure he's driven by profit somewhat. Right? He's definitely driven by profit, but he he is so good at being driven by profit that he's able to fund crazy shit like building a Mars colony. Right. Like he's going to be able to. Do, he has all these space contracts to launch satellites into orbit, and he's only going to get better at it. And he's going to get into asteroid mining and shit. And he's going to be like, yeah. It's funny because, like, that article, remember that I, I showed you the Guardian article that was just diarrhea, like, bashing? Yeah, check out our YouTube Elon channel. Musk. Joe um, rips apart this really just, I mean, shitty is the word it's, for that article. It's it was trash. Just shitty. It was yeah. trash. It's a trash opinion yeah. about how, well, the point is that it, it, it characterizes Elon Musk's uh, SpaceX company as a pet project, basically. And it's ironic because the company isn't the pet project. Going to Mars is the pet project. His company is actually a viable company that launch, they're planning, I think, later this year to send yeah, astronauts. Why not go after, like, Dippin' Dots if you're just going to go yeah. after companies that work? Yeah, billionaire like, dick companies that, yeah. like, waste money on frivolous shit. But he's sending oh, sorry, astronauts. Sorry, Dippin' Dots. If you want to sponsor us, I'm, I'm going to sell out. I know yeah, that. He, but he's replacing the fucking Russian capsules that the U.S. outsources to. Like, the Soyuz? NASA yeah. pays. Yeah, NASA pays Russia like a crazy amount of money to bring stuff up to, to space I think it's like, it's that, like, like 60 something that million that we helped spearhead whereas the the, yeah. the falcon uh heavy test launch, launch was 90 is... million and it launched a fucking yeah. car to you know, mars I, orbit i was um i was at a taping of the colbert report back in it was like 2010 and it was like well i don't know the exact Fuck, year it could have been t- 2009 too but it was exactly when we announced that we're ending our space shuttle program. Yeah. And guess who the guest was that night? Neil deGrasse Tyson? Exactly. Wait, did he talk about it? And that was the first time I Fuck. had ever heard of Neil deGrasse Tyson. And from That's there awesome. on, it's been like a, a yeah. YouTube-fueled journey, you know? Fuck, like, that was like 10 years ago, dude. 
God. Yeah. It's funny how um, time flies. Wait, so, weren't we supposed to talk about the oceans? Yeah. So, Johnny, can I can I tell you a random thing I found most funny about the ocean? Yeah, you haven't Tr- done a, a jellyfish. Mind. Jellyfish, uh, their mouth hole is the same as their anus hole. I knew this was gonna devolve. <laughs> what does that mean? The same? How do you characterize the same? There's one hole. Food goes in. Poop comes out. Couldn't you say that? How is that it? That's God. Oh, I see. That's God right there. Wait. You explain it. How does the poop go in and go out, Joe? Hmm? Poop goes in, poop goes out. You can't explain that. <laughs> I think I need another beer. Thank you, Luke. That's what I was going That's what for. I think. So, so n- even though jellyfish are ninety-five percent water, they have these sort of like, like net-like nervous systems that sort of yeah. just control the undulations that they do. Yeah, mysterious they stuff. They don't quite seem real jellyfish. I've never quite. Please don't ever use that word again. What? what? Undulations. I feel like it's not used you, enough. You did like you did enough. a little undul- you undulated. You, yeah. yeah, but you undulated while you did it. Yeah, you did. Oh yeah, we're not video yet. Yeah. We we actually probably could very easily just record these webcams, like at least the shitty cameras, and like post the video on YouTube. Are, are we doing that right now? No. <laughs> we'll do that next episode if you like, share, and subscribe. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So Johnny, I don't think I I I, I may have told Joe already. But have I told you, like, the lobster thing I read about recently? Not specifically. I'm sure we've talked about lobsters, but... (laughs) Probably. Or at least some type of crustacean, right? Hey, what's the difference between a dirty... (laughs) I really like where this uh, is going. (laughs) A a dirty greyhound station and (laughs) a lobster with big tits. (laughs) What? You don't ask the one's cousin out to a date. No, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I I barely actually Uh, comprehend. Wait, wait. Yeah, no, I don't have anything better than that. Go ahead. (laughs) One's a crusty bus station and the other's a busty crustacean. (laughs) 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 It's it's a really stupid joke, but got it. I think we're ready for the coffee porter. Uh, Yeah. So this. This um, this interesting so what about lobsters? Uh, lobster fact is <laughs> uh, I just started reading this new book by the psychologist Jordan Peterson. Um, some of you may have heard of him before. He's he's um, become more popular online recently for various reasons. So you're saying um, one of them? Being I think he's Latino. His... I'm pretty sure he likes to be called Jordan Peterson. <laughs> He, no, he's Canadian. Um, oh, he has okay, a, sorry. He I'm does have a Canadian else. accent. It comes out. It does, um, yeah. So if if you're hearing that name and thinking something controversial, just consider reconsidering um, and, and just look into it more because there's a lot of smear campaigns out there after him. Um, so anyways, I, I bought his book that just came out, and it's called 12 Rules for Life. Some And, and it's sort of his, like... Yeah. Men's domination to success. Go ahead. Continue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just Google it. Okay. Okay. Book I mean. to navigating the patriarchy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so uh, the first chapter is called, um, like, this first rule is called sit up straight with your shoulders back. And it's about why it's important to have good posture. And... Um, our, our sort of neurological systems can be traced back very, very cleanly to lobsters and the sort of hierarchies that lobsters exist on. 
and so lobsters are constantly fighting for lobsters domination. Lobsters all the way down, right? yeah. Um, male lobsters <clears throat> are fighting so that the female lobster will mate with them, those kinds of things, nice. right? And so what happens is gotta get those when claws a going. lobster wins a fight, its posture opens up and it becomes bigger, right? And its serotonin levels go up. So it's a very simple nervous system that responds very well to this. There's a hormone duo between serotonin and I'm forgetting the name of the other one, but it's sort of a regulatory system. And when serotonin is high, the lobster opens up. It faces fights with confidence and doesn't really back down, right? How does it win a fight, though? Well, usually the lobsters will, um, the one that loses will actually not even fight and just leave right away. But occasionally, they fight over space, right? So it's it's, it's over like space, over mating rights. Spot. It's territorial. Yeah, so usually, he backs down. Yeah, I think it's a lot of backing down and posturing. Right? It's a lot of posturing, and then it's a lot of the other one scurrying away out of fear, right? And so, uh, what ends up happening is if a lobster loses a fight, it scurries away. Its serotonin levels shoot down, and its posture closes. Right. And then the next fight it encounters, it's like. I forget the exact numbers, of course, but it's extremely more likely to back down out of all future fights. Right. Now, here's the crazy thing. They all lose to nets. <laughs> well, not all of them, actually, but... Oh, um, man. The ones I, with their shoulders really... I, I don't know back. about lobsters, but I know fish like have learned to avoid nets. But that's a, that's a whole separate thing. Yeah, but as um, you would want to. So here's, here's the trippy part and how it connects to humans even more strongly. Uh... When you give Prozac to a lobster... Guess, <laughs> Why would you do that? Guess what happens to its posture? Uh, it opens what? back up and it goes and fights. Ah, I see. So there's a relationship between serotonin and this sort of like taking life on, you know? Like having this open posture, which combines with this sort of confidence towards life and, and sort of willingness to like face the next battle. And... Um, these like deep structures like of our own nervous system go back millions, hundreds of millions of years to lobsters. So ours isn't fundamentally different. It's just been built on and it's more complex. Is that, is it, that yeah, exactly. Saying? And when you feel yeah. depression, when you feel states like that, it's not just a head thing. It's a body thing. And you, and it, right. it actually moves through your body and it affects things like your posture and often just tricking yourself to switch one of those like if you just pull your shoulders back you'll find your attitude towards the world changes and the world will probably change towards your attitude right oh they people respond when you have yeah. good posture and right. when you have shitty posture it yeah. shows people that you can be walked all over right, right. yeah right I, i've learned this as a that performer yeah. i used to when i was younger i used to watch videos of myself performing and i would walk out on stage with my shoulders curved and forward yeah. Because I was like, like, that's what my mental state was. God, that's so true with teaching, too. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. What do you want to look like, a pathetic loser up there? Or do you want to fucking yeah. have the... Have ah! the I call right at my student's face. I go up to them. I start pecking. Yeah. Ah! I, ah! I really think you, you ought to have, like... You know, proverbially, of course. Well, no, I think it's... Intellectually. It's good. I've yeah, made gorilla sounds while teaching before. Yeah, go, uh, give me an example. Um... Well, so I, I stand I think up. that's a hate crime, Luke. He stands up. That's the first key. He stands up. One of, one he gets the, up on his hind monkey, a gorilla leg. No, no. I learned this at, a, at a, a, a chamber music seminar when I was in high school. Yeah. And the tuba, the tuba teacher there, um, our group just wasn't quite like bringing the right energy. 
And he just was trying to get us to be more like, you know, like fucking nature, right? Yeah. So he, he puts his instrument down and he stands up. He's like, he has kind of a southern accent, but. He, no, go ahead. Do it. <laughs> yeah. He said, um, have y'all ever seen a silverback gorilla? And we, I was in like, I was a senior in high school. And then he's, he unzipped his fly. And By the way, the, the coach we had right before this <laughs> was talking to us. He's like, you guys don't really sound like you're playing together. Um, have you guys like hung out and gotten drunk together? And we all looked at him. We're like, we're 18. He's like, so no, you know? <laughs> yeah. And now the next coach was like, have you all seen a silverback gorilla? And we're like, this is weird. I, I, I thought you were going to teach me like how to play scales better. About, or he's teaching about you music, life, which yeah. will help you with scales. And then he stands up and go he, get that, he puts Go get that joke of Crisco over there, boy. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Tell us more about your horrifying rape camp stories. Like, <laughs> So this guy starts doing an impression of a silverback gorilla. He's just like, ooh, 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 ooh. and like the, the movement. And Man, the... I want that meth. <laughs> so I actually have done that a few times because like I'll have no, students. No, you haven't. In teaching, yeah. Okay, give me an example. So I'll have students that are just not bringing any energy. And I, I just like, like, what can I do like more than making a silverback gorilla impression than to show them like, please, like, Make some sound. How do you do it? Can you give me the impression? I mean, I, I it's going to be too loud for a microphone. Uh, this podcast, I'm just not interested do anymore. It, Can we it. just, like, have a sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> He's got the arms. Yeah, the arms wow, are the that key. that was really good. I'm glad you did that now. <laughs> you really got huffing there. <laughs> do you feel amped good. up now? You got serotonin? I'm going? ready. I'm ready to podcast. Look. I'm, I'm postured. I'm yeah. ready to podcast. Yeah, so, this is folks, good. Keep your shoulders yeah. back and sit up tall and yeah. face the world. And and like that's something that can be learned from lobsters. Yeah. Oh, yeah, shit. I forgot <laughs> lobsters. Face the world. You know like there a... used to be laws in colonial uh, America about how much lobster you could feed to a prisoner? Because they used to, Why? it was considered a cruel punishment to feed them only lobster and like not give them bread and stuff at some point well yeah if i just fed you like anything you'd be like that's cruel punishment right you'd be pissed off if i fed you nothing but oreos in prison right it's true after like week two i mean unless you're a child you'd be pretty pissed (laughs) yeah exactly it's just weird to think about like you know you wouldn't imagine there'd be a restriction on how much steak they have they can give you like oh you can only have so much steak it's just lobster is such a uh, a high-priced thing now. But it was abundant back a... in the day, like in colonial times. There would have been fucking right, giant lobsters. Right, and the lobsters everywhere. they ate probably didn't taste great because they were probably the super mature ones that were easy to catch, the old ones that, you know, old meat tends to be... Well, it's because their backs were so straight. Well, if they yeah. were winning fights, well, no, they, they were. There used to be... There's reports yeah. of, like, three-foot lobsters in New England when the colonists first came. And, they, you know, they were probably, like, 50 years old. But all the lobsters yeah. we eat now are, like, 20 years old at the oldest. There's actually really interesting things about how how big an organism can get because that size often was in the early earth was yeah. determined by how much oxygen was, you know, in the atmosphere because only in a certain amount of the concentration in the atmosphere can make it into the organism. So right. if like a dragonfly for example was too big, or oxygen couldn't, you know, assimilate in to the but when oxygen levels got really high, there were reports there there are fossils of like dragonflies that are gigantic like the size of fucking pigs there's a really good video about this <laughs> i'm actually not sure about that go ahead and double check dude there's that. a there's a really good video about this uh, i forget how to say the name but it's the in the nutshell videos those cartoony videos kind of in the nutshell yeah kurzagat or whatever the fuck it's called you've seen them 
Did I'll, you subscribe to it on our, our yes. Thunk Tank email? Yes. It's it's kind of the like computer animated yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. But they have one about it, they have a couple about the size of life and it goes through the the different sizes in life and how the interesting idea behind how organisms act and function and sort of adapt in different environments size makes a huge difference because you might increase your surface area by 10%, but you increase your internal volume way more. But surface area and volume are not yeah. the same. Yeah. So it shows how, how like, oh, an elephant just walking around, their world is, you know, kind of like more similar to our world than a fly that's almost microscopic that has these crazy webs and it can cling to molecules, like moisture molecules in the air and swim through the air. Like the air is, is basically to them, they live in an it's ocean. It's fluid that they swim in. Yeah, they live in an ocean. To them, the our natural world is an ocean because they've adapted that way and because of their size. Well, same thing with so birds. So oceans exist on different bird. levels too. Like an atmosphere can be an ocean. But to a bird, we're just walking around on the ocean floor to like a fish, right? We're like a crab would be ah, a fish. Shit. Is what we are to birds. I didn't they're think of it us. that they're moving through. They're moving through the fluid the same as a fish. Right. Uh, we we just are stuck, you know, sliding along the bottom. Well, well, the that's actually interesting. You say that because the sea level is just the transition from one type of ocean to another in that sense, right? Sure. Yeah. I and mean, that, it's 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 a it's just change. less it's just less dense from there. It's it's all a spectrum, right? It's you have solid, liquid, gas, and then I mean, vacuum. but the, there's definitely uh, obviously differences enough where like the the type of oh, there's huge differences. That yeah. There's absolutely huge I mean, that's what I found so fascinating about the ocean is that the type of creatures you get, because you're dealing with this almost like um, zero gravity world of floating in water, you get the trippiest looking yeah. creatures with like intricate designs on their fins, right? Um, one of the things we didn't talk about yet was the bioluminescence. Have you oh, guys that's seen, really wild. When, so these, I dig that, yeah. These like little like exploratory submarines will go far down. And, you know, obviously they have these lights on the front so they can see what the fuck's going on, right? And you shine a light on a fish and it comes back with these rainbow-like colors because there are chemicals inside of the bloodstream of these fish. They're fucking see-through because that's the most advantageous thing. If you're transparent, then you, you, you're invisible, right? If you're just see-through. Right and to the wavelengths of light that exist down there. So they're yeah. shining these little submarine spotlights yeah. and the things are reflecting crazy things. That's like wild. See, that blows colors. my mind, yeah. Here's what blew my mind. They turned all of the fucking lights from the, like the inside lights and they turned the outside spotlights off on this submarine in this uh, documentary I was watching last night and then it was pitch black. The blackest you've ever seen except for these little, you know how fireflies look at yeah. night when they're just randomly blinking all around? Yeah. It looked like that, but all different color lights. A purple That's one cool. here, a yeah. red one here. Some of them are decoy lights to avoid getting hunted. Some of them are mating lights, like come, you know, fuck me and make more fish that blink, yeah. you know? And then some of them are like fish squirting out ink. And then they swim away from the ink so that the predators go towards the ink with yeah. their fucking big teethy mouth open. Yeah. They're just going like, ah! smoke screen. And then they, they, yeah, they, they just like bite at the ink instead of the actual meaty fish. That See, that, and that makes me think too that like, what if there are species that just kept evolving from there and there, there's space aliens that just live in space. They live in the vacuum of space. 
They're just up at a well, higher level. It gets level. into the question about like what is life at all? Like for oh, there God. was this one fish down there that yeah. the only thing it did all fucking day, twenty four seven, is sit there with its mouth open and wait for a poor little fish. It's like a fucking you know like robot who's just like a security camera. And when a fish yeah. swims in the wrong angle, yeah. clamp and it eats it. This... And then guess what it does? Swallows, opens right back up and it's waits. It's very for the next robotic one. in that sense, right? Yeah. And, but it's life. But that And that's why we talked about this in the previous episode. Check out our Kurt Vonnegut episode. Um, how he, I think he says in one of his books how humans devolve from the big brain branch, which didn't work out because uh-huh. it just caused so many fucking problems. And they just devolve back Ugh. into seal people that just enjoy seal people that just enjoy eating fish all day. And he, basically, his advice is like, yeah, lie out in the sun, eat fish, and bang. Like, that's what else are you going to do? Some organisms don't even get to do all that. And I it's guess, like, yeah, you'll get eaten by a shark now and then, but it's better than worrying about, like, paying your fucking bills. Well, I guess, it, I guess Joe, you actually accomplished what I was trying to do all day, which was <laughs> how, to, how to sort of connect with, with this. Like, so when I was seeing the type of life that exists deep in the ocean, yeah, and I just highly recommend... Um, go to like this type of show like planet earth where yeah, there's one specifically stuff. about yeah, oceans yeah like the whole season is about oceans yeah. it's called blue planet and um i i specifically watched the one on on deep ocean stuff and you see these creatures that that i mean besides the how strange they look they're just totally weird there's also a sense of like like oh it's just it's just like ones and zeros you know there's there well you get that on on like the bug level too right yeah you can see that with bugs yeah. but like even them we humanize a little bit right like because they're always busy they're doing stuff so it's like oh he's going over there to like hang out with well, frank I, I, and then I, like, that's why i feel like they're more colony related or at least in our minds as humans they're more sort of colony geared or societal geared whereas fish are just they're floating around even if they do have schools that they go to you know, in general, they're just kind of like they're hard to pin down because they're so fluid. They don't go to school. What What do they do? What, they swim what? in a school. They don't go they to school. I, I I would never like swim at that my my school pool. It's filthy. That's true. That's good. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think you know. <laughs> I'm slipping. I, I mean, <laughs> I I just got this feeling like how, what what's what's different is it a sliding scale or is it an on-off switch in terms of like being able to abstract away from nature and say okay we're in this crazy little dance little game called nature but are we something different or do we just have to accept the fact that we're right smack fuck in the middle of it yeah we're just this is why we're gonna die soon just like every other species we're just a different iteration or wavelength or whatever you want to call it right that's sort of what that question really comes down Have to. Have you seen Lars von Trier movies at all? Yeah, they fuck with you. He has dude. a movie called The Antichrist. He also Melancholia, right? Melancholia. Yeah, that's another. I, if, that, if you that's were to watch about, any Lars von Trier, I would highly recommend Melancholia. Well, Melancholia is all about what Kirsten you're saying. Kirsten Dunst is in it. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland. One um, of them is really hot. It's a really great movie, and his other more fucked up ones are the two nymphomaniac ones. I haven't seen that. I would have to say Antichrist though is the worst one. Like which has to do viewer with discretion more. advised, but I think all those movies have this sort of like like there's, there's a connect back uh, to nature darkness, feeling yeah. and how dark nature is. Yeah, it's so absolute and it makes no distinctions where we as humans well, it come, care. Well, it comes back to those well, ones it's not, and that's, zeros. It's just. It's impassionate. It's, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's the, a great way to describe it. Yeah. It's just it is, is what it is. 
Right. It's just so it's just so absolute, yeah. and it, it doesn't have it. Like it doesn't even pause at the yeah. when it's crossing the boundary of like like complete human misery. Yeah. It's just like nope, laws of physics and, are playing their, and, their themselves out. And that That's gets it. that gets into the question that I often hear about when people say, um, you you start to get into God arguments or something like that, and and one of the sort of cards that they pull most often is, well, then why does the universe exist? And the scientific answer is, why not? Well, Quant the, quantum it, fluctuations, you can get into all that shit, and it's like, it doesn't have to mean anything. That's the anthropic principle, right? Yeah. It's like, hey, you can't pull the card of, like, like look how unlikely it is for Earth to exist in these perfect conditions that would lead to human but life. But it's like, like, the universe is huge. No, but it's not like that. It's like, hey, we're here asking that question, which means, by definition, that remote chance that would lead to life did lead to life. But, it's it, like, but it could also mean that God orchestrated it all. No, but it, it, of course it could mean anything. I yeah. mean, ultimately, you're you're leaving an unknown there. If somebody says, yeah. how do you know, blah, 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 you'd be like, well, that, I don't know. Yeah. We haven't figured well, that, that out and, yet. And that We're gets, working on that it. That gets into, like, definition and terminology, which is actually funny because when you start to get into that stuff, I feel like that's what people wind up arguing more about than the actual ideas and data. And you get right? what I sent you today, a lot of the ought versus is, like, yeah, Science can tell sure. you everything about what is, but it won't tell you about what ought. Like, go study yeah. the deep ocean, great. But that shit's not going to tell you how you should treat your neighbor. Well, it's funny you say that. I think the best science class I ever had was, actually, it wasn't until college, and I took, I think it was just, like, general ecology 202 or Sounds 102. Sounds like a bunch of bullshit. 102. Well, that's what I thought going in, because I was like, oh, it's a standard. Sounds core. like some of your pinko commie bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was just like a core requirement class, but it was really cool because the guy was some sort of legit lecturer, scientist type or whatever, who, you know, had to just teach a, a core requirement class at this university. But the first point that he established from the first class and that was kind of his vibe throughout the rest of the class was, I'm not here to tell you about policy decisions that I feel like should be made or activist decisions that I feel like you should go out and do this or go out and do that. I'm just here to point out the scientific reality based on the data and evidence. And how then you want to deal with that is up to you. So he would get into you know climate and climate change and all that and and actually go into the data and the evidence, which is something that a lot of people who you know raise their arms, throw up their arms about global warming and climate change don't know anything about the Ask science. Ask them one question about it and they won't have an answer. Which I find that so funny. It's well, so it's, funny. it's 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 a problem in the sense of trying to get people on board who are skeptical for whatever other reasons, whether. You know, some of those reasons are more legitimate or seemingly understandable than others. And I, I really... Say they're all understandable, but some of them are more... More so. More so than others. More so, legit. So yeah. I really appreciated this mindset of... And, and this is actually a teaching philosophy that I subscribe to myself where I, 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 I introduce these ideas of I'm not going to tell you what to think about politics or any, any specific type of social or sociological issue or anything like that or environmental issue, but... I'm going to teach you how to, because I'm a writing professor, so I'm going to teach you how to analyze and how to think critically and how to make your arguments with substantial and substantiated evidence. And if you can't do that, you need to rethink your point of view. Right. And that gets you to self-assess and that happens to get you to places where I similarly often are. Not always. I mean, I have students who have very different opinions from me, but they're able to reach those. And it's fine. They're able to reach those places, though, through doing that level of rigorous sort of 
whether self-reflection or, or research or a combination of the two, but that's an that's a vitally important skill. Which I would argue is like, if not the same, running parallel to the scientific method. It's a scientific method of sorts, for <laughs> yeah. sure. I mean, that's why when 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 people talk about science, I mentioned earlier in in this episode, like, yeah, of course, like we're not ocean experts but no i think the point close. the point of what what i like about um how we hang out and and like people that we generally hang out with is they're all the type of people that would be like oh did you hear about like that crazy thing in the ocean vents you know blah 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 which is really saying did you hear about that perspective shattering thing right right and yeah i think it's healthy to shatter a perspective right I'm fine with it because if I didn't shatter my perspectives and I stick stuck with what I thought I knew from when I was like seven and first was like, oh, hands, basically, you know, I became well, you had cognizant. such simple categories of things. But that's what I mean. I would be a pretty shitty intellectual at this yeah. point, you know, if I just but stuck to what I initially thought. Like we were talking in the last episode with Drew, AI simulation, etc. Uh, like, share, and subscribe. He's uh, getting it. Like He's the, getting oh, wow, it now. Yeah. Life, wow, that was good. The yeah. the. Wi- <laughs> That, that no, like window of back in the day has shrunk so much. We, we're expanding, like we're advancing so much quicker now yeah. that you need to have that self-correcting approach that I think is like, not that any of us are scientists, but we appreciate that scientific method and approach of self-correcting and self-analyzing because you have to, because things just change so quickly now. If we're not, yeah. if you're not like that, you're not going to make it. Well, you have to be a self-researcher. modern world. You yeah. have to be a self-researcher. Because there's so much bullshit, a, and there's so yeah. many things you have to know about now to, to survive right. in the Western world. It used to just be you had to know a couple of things. Like, you, you all had to know some basic stuff. Like, everyone should know how to make a fire and stuff. Yeah. And things like that. And then, like, one thing you were really good at, you could bring to the table. But it's, and that was all you had to worry about. But there's it, so it, much more now. It's because it's not just the Western world. You can't just live in the Western world. You live in a globalized society whether you want to or not. And there's no avoiding that. Even just going out and being like, yeah, I just want to have a job and, and, and do my own thing. It's like there are global factors that influence whatever market you're involved in, whether you're aware of it or not. Well, it's like that it, right now it feels like such a, a period of there's so much complacency where people are like, well, of course, the system exists in this workable way and it just always will. It's like mm. not necessarily because yeah. the whole system is comprised of humans and we humans and, are very imperfect creatures. And what's scary about that is that especially in 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 the West to some extent, but especially in America, we're very far removed from a time of chaos and anarchy. You have to go back to World War Two for that in Europe. But for us, you have to go back to basically our founding. We've had Yeah, it. we kept it or, off or, or of you our could, territory. You could, you, you could say the Civil War, maybe. maybe. Not exactly. I was going to say the Civil War. Yeah, the Civil War is a fair crazy. example where, where, yeah, that was the last time where, you know, you saw the country devolve into anarchy or a large part of the country devolve into anarchy. Right. World War II for Europe. And just how important were the deep oceans during that period? Like local things become so important. Yeah. It's like we just have to survive. Nobody like, we don't have that was resources to explore yeah. the Mariana Trench no, nobody knew, while in a war. Nobody knew what was going on, oh, and the yeah. deep ocean didn't know what was going on. On Think of the crazy... That's what I find beautiful, yes. is those fish down there in the 10,000 feet down. But if you showed them the Civil War and just cannons blowing up people's legs, they'd be like, what in the fuck are those land people like, doing? Oh, you mean like Frank, that guy that like 
the legend Frank who crawled out of the water and just like did some other shit. Like that's what that turned into. That's what Monkey. I mean. That's what he's up to but, now. But yeah. that, but that, to, from doing? the fish perspective, crazy. to watching people blow up in the Civil War seems crazier to me than the realization of us going and looking at what's going on down there. The craziest shit, right? How do you integrate it all? So though? I don't. Joe, you just reminded <laughs> me of a cool fact about war and and oceans. Awesome. Um. Uh, they they kind of overfished the North Atlantic during the Industrial Revolution because there's such that a demand in the cities for food and such an right. explosion in population. So right. North Atlantic sense. cod, but but uh, you know there had been a lot of it fished. You had to go far out, and then during World War II, because of the indiscriminate U-boating, the Germans basically just uh, besieged England by because England's an island. They need to import most of their food. They uh, would just attack any ships bringing supplies to the English, but with submarines, so you couldn't find them. These U-boats, which we should do something on sometime. U-boats are fucking terrifying. That people lived in them. That'd be cool. Submarine killed other people with them. Yeah, that'd be. But uh, so so U-boat warfare, unrestricted warfare. uh, A lot of commercial activity kind of stopped out there to focus on the war effort and stuff. And right. after the war ended, there was a huge boom in those fisheries because right. they had been left fallow for a while. And that, we've just been depleting them slowly. And until the 90s, I think they banned cod fishing in parts of the North Atlantic to try uh, like a temporary ban to try to bring the stocks up. And I don't think it's worked. Right. Um, it but, takes a long but, time for an ecosystem to adjust like that. But, but it only but, took like 10 years that one time because yeah. of the war because it wasn't fully depleted yet. So submarine warfare, yeah. maybe that's the but that's key to but that's something fish. that we should talk about too. I I feel like we would really be remiss if we didn't talk about the fucking Pacific Garbage Patch, because that's yeah. a that's a fucking I like I can't find information on that, which is like I I see sources about it, but I've yet to find like a real study on this. And if what what everything else I read about it is even remotely true, that situation is fucked up. It's not good. It's so fucked. It's not. The, good. I was the, watching a video. The fact to get that they ready don't know whether it's the size of Texas or the United States is a fucking problem, right? Which, like, Texas it's is not big anyways. Like, we got a problem anyways. <laughs> you know, it's it's because it's it it's because plastic. What he's referring to is there's yeah. A, can you call explain it, like, it Johnny? Pacific Gyre or whatever, and it's this yeah. area where currents like r- dump out in the Pacific. As part of the overarching, you know, there's different weather patterns and stuff. There's the Gulf Stream and Santa Ana bullshit. People know about that stuff. The Coriolis effect. Google wind if you want to learn about it. I'm not here to teach you everything. I'm not um, here to teach you about fucking wind. <laughs> fucking wind. This is oceans, bitches. So there's an area that's like kind of a dead spot current-wise where things can end up. Yeah, they That's fine with organic stuff because it'll break down eventually. But plastic will physically break down but it does what is no it doesn't photodegrade which is the sun won't just break it down eventually right it will take hundreds or thousands of years yeah it doesn't break down organically the way wood would or something right. that's normal and made from other th- like you know meat um made so from trees it, it just whatever. breaks down into these tiny particles just by being you know flushed around the world in the oceans and so you get this microscopic plastic in everything and it, it fucks up. Found they're, even they're in the Arctic. For, speaking you know? of worried, uh, worry for global warming, they're worried the plastic could heat up, catch sunlight and heat up and heat water temperatures even faster. Um, yeah. 
I work as like an insulator if you get enough of it. But I was watching a video for this podcast and they found us a, a, a U-boat from World War One, a sunken German one sunken in the 30s. And on the middle of it, on top of it, they zoomed in and it was a fucking plastic dinner plate. And the guy's like, yeah, everywhere we look on the ocean floor, there's always modern garbage. No matter See, that's how what I mean. The shipwreck is or whatever. And they, it's always modern. So, so I did I did I did another garbage. YouTube video about that because I've been just collecting garbage at the beach lately because I, I would normally run on the beach. And this winter, like I think start... about every toothbrush you've thrown out. No, that's what I mean. I've never like, had a wooden so, toothbrush. Well, They're so all here's, plastic. So here's the They're thing: all there's... in the ocean somewhere. Well, there's two types of plastic. I... <laughs> no, he's right because there's two types of plastic I clean up. The one is plastic that are like bottles or like um, you know cartons or something like that, where you can actually Containers, recycle them. Yeah. You can actually take take them or put them in your cans around here at least, and take them to the recycling center. If you haven't seen the video, you should like, share, and subscribe. But what was that? You there's kind of the, slurred there, through there's, it. There's the, if they get the point. If they <laughs> made it this far into this fucking nightmare like episode. Yeah, this episode that's been half about space, about oceans. That they, I think that was deliberate. Understand. I actually thought planned that out. I wanted Did you it to really? be... Yeah, because I thought like space is like the up ocean and yes. the ocean okay, is the down ocean. Yeah. So anyways, uh, <laughs> but I had to start bringing a second bag with me because way more common than those items that you can recycle is the fucking shit that you can't get rid of. Like you say, like a toothbrush. You can't put a toothbrush in your recycling. They won't recycle it. They'll throw it out. It's not, yeah, it's whatever plastic it's made or, out of. Or it's a wrapper recycled. or, yeah, whatever, a, a, a bag actually, from the Actually, I was reading that a bag. lot of cellophane is actually made from cellulose, and that's biodegradable. Things that, like crackers and stuff. Well, that's what we need, in. but there's no, there's no impetus to change that. And it's like, okay, if that winds up in a landfill, what does that do? I don't know. Like, what does all that plastic do? Is that good? Is that okay? It's probably better than it being in you know the what? ocean. You know what, you fucking pinko commie well, it's one of those. It's creating future jobs for people that are going to live in our trash topias. Oh, my God. That's are the book, I'm, that's the book I'm writing, Johnny. From those people? Johnny, that's the book oh, I'm writing right now. It's about people who live oh, in... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's one of those, the like, well, yeah, then what, what next? Good. Like, where does it all go? Like, eventually it's yeah. going to fill up, right? I don't yeah. know. Well, have Neither you, do I. Yeah. I haven't thought it through. But that's, dude, the, that's dude, the thing. I, guys... I ran into, when I was collecting beach garbage last weekend, I ran into to a guy who was an environmental lawyer who worked for the Parks Department. So this dude, I assume, knows his shit. And he he said the same thing, like where we just looked at each other and was like, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. And I'm like, fuck, if an environmental lawyer, lawyer who works for the Parks Department doesn't know Thinks what the solution lot, is or yeah. even the proposition to try to get to the solution, we're in trouble. Or he can't even talk about like around the topic at all. You no, know? He, he, he's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Yeah. And I it's mean, like, nobody knows the answer. This is what I find so fascinating. But we um, need a shift. I know, here. like this isn't and, working. Me and Joe have been have been um, talking, like as we meet up randomly. Like, yeah, we want to try to do an episode on politics and find a way to sort of like talk about just what we find How crazy wrong in the political Luke is world. About and then, like this week, definitely, if if that were a possibility, we were like, it's just so fucking complicated that like it seemed easier to talk about oceans, you know. <laughs> and meanwhile, like. It, like the little bit of of just like getting geeky with with the ocean vibe that I did, I'm just like Jesus Christ, this is a crazy world, blah blah blah. But you I, know, like, but I feel like when you talk about politics too, like to me, like and especially the stuff that we're talking about with plastics and pollution, that that is, I, I like I understand social issues are important and they're big, but if the world dies 
Right. That shit yeah. goes out the window. But I get this sneaky... Yeah, we, we all have to survive on the same planet, and then we want to have more stuff than each other. But we yeah. should make that the starting point, uh, even selfishly, to be like, well, let's not fuck up the planet we, we're competing on. Yeah, start with tragedy of the commons, and then worry about social but issues. But I get like... this sneaking suspicion that some people... It's not that they just don't have the time horizon to realize that, like... like certain local issues are less important than like long longer issues that involve like suns yeah. eating earths or earths right. climates gamma ray control. blasts and well, all it's, that shit it's, it's people the almost want to see the world burn I think like the Joker. No, it's it's the out of sight, out of mind thing. It's yeah. the reason slavery like proliferated in the Western world, in South America, North America, because Europeans, it was far away. They were told it really wasn't that bad. So even though it didn't morally jive no with CNN you know, Christian teachings and shit, yeah, they didn't have to see it or deal with it. So yeah. it happened far away, and you got sugar. For, you could buy sugar for really cheap in fucking London that was grown in the Caribbean. So you know you didn't ask, right? Yeah. And um, that's like the, it's, my, it's my, the same thing. Like the oceans are the only place on the planet that are just indiscriminately strip mined without any sort of regulation. Like who's governing yeah. that shit? You can just go out with nets the size of seven forty sevens and just 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 trawl the oceans. Like you can't do that if you went through the mountains. And just like you know, t- just took a had a bear net and scooped all the bears <laughs> up. Someone would be like, uh, I don't care if you own that land. You can't just net all the bears and turn them into <laughs> right. tunic yeah. meat. Turn them into bear soup. Like, but if it's like weird it's fish, take. it's like no problem, right? Well, because they're more alien. It's like you said, how yeah. even bugs are more yeah. comparable. And you don't to see people. it. It's, it's out there. It's not friends. happening. You know. It's not them strip mining, you know, a, a state park in your community. It's happening out in the middle of the ocean. You don't go There's there. There's definitely a mammal bias that we have. Yeah, like, I think that's or, know, or like, a land wanna, bias even, right? Well, I mean, like just mammals specifically, like if you look at the face of a bear or a dog or whatever, like you're you're bound to read some some type of emotion from it. But the only thing I can get from these types of fish that live in the deep waters or um, in the case of um, – snakes or sharks let's say right like there's a sense of nothingness like you there's no emotional state they're just like a robot that's either going to eat or not eat um and there's no there's no negotiating with something that's just like a mouth that will either close or not close um if if you're a fish and you're just like swimming past these jaws like you're either dinner or you're not dinner. There's no like decision behind it, or at least it doesn't seem like there is probably with mammals. Like there also isn't a decision. It just seems like there is. That's the whole free will is not real. What, what's your take on the free will thing, Johnny? Not free willy free will. (laughs) Well, free willy wheel. No, I mean, this is the free willy had free will (laughs) at some point. But this is the argument that it always the two great labyrinths of the mind that I I say it always comes back to that I stole from Leibniz is the composition of the continuum like how small is everything atoms stuff like that like how far down does it go like what things are made out of around us and the predetermination versus free will argument like those are the two big questions that. You, Everything else you can always end up. You can, that's like you the, can the, you, the Wikipedia else clicking down game. To that. Yeah. That, the Wikipedia clicking game we were talking about last episode, where yeah. you can just pick something and like get to it with a certain number of clicks. Um, it's that. Those are the two big ones, I think. So, yeah, the, the whole free will argument. So, let's say you take this evolutionary perspective where you have ocean creatures and they 
they change with the environment and over time um certain ones crawl out right and then become whatever so we buy that whole thing where along that progression let's say you want to think humans are these like creatures that can choose they have free will i can either go here or go there i can do something or not do it um where along that continuum did we you know suddenly get it so do do orangutans have it yeah see that's the that's where it gets it gets hairy Um, it gets literally hairy if you're an orangutan But yeah, I mean, because and that's what I've always asked people about, like reincarnation, because it's like, well, that what do you reincarnate as a human every time? Like, if I'm a bear for a thousand generations, do I grow enough to upgrade, or is it, do I like team up with something else? Like, is it two bears and an eagle and a pig as a human? And do you have like, like vicious you get, bear <laughs> memories like buried in there, like controlling your human behavior? Yeah, yeah, or it's like because because otherwise you can't keep coming back as an eagle because eagles evolved from something before that, and what just when it t- started becoming an eagle, that thing wasn't allowed to right reincarnate. And, and at and some point, like, do, you, a, do you come back as like a, a single cell bacteria? Yeah, exactly. So it's like, do you you have to upgrade with the progress then? So it's really hard to hold the evolutionary perspective in mind, but at the same time, believe in things like oh, humans have a soul. It's like, well, do dogs, do cats? Oh, they do. So there's pet heaven. Okay, we'll take that. How about uh, right. guinea pigs? Oh, guinea pigs are a pet too. They have the horses. Yeah, yeah. They're... So there's all these like horsey, guinea pig, doggy heavens. But then it's like, yeah, how about a snake? And, and they're like, no snake heaven. You know, snakes no are snake awful. Heaven. They're evil. It's like, oh. They're sneaky. Where so they're they just biology alive? that is alive and then dies. So that is possible. You know, and... and drawing a line there is just like i don't i don't see a space where you can actually draw a line that's why i conclude that like uh i'm not going to try to draw a line maybe there is no soul maybe there's nothing maybe we're just meat robots acting out our programming you know well even if there is like free will you know how how much is it really up to you like how much are people just even just cultural things to just affect you like oh i'm gonna go get a job and get married and get a house like somebody that does that that doesn't want to actually do that yeah but they never figure that out you know you just go like so did but they like was that free will like they just followed their programming but they did all the things right and even when you do follow your urges and decide i decided that like what decided that it was your your as you like to call it your wetware meat brain so it's like, yeah, of course that wanted to eat this or go there or do these things. Like, was that really me deciding or just my my? Did you say was that really like, me deciding me to make these decisions? Right, so, was it and me or me part deciding? Of the... And Johnny, the real question would be: Is the feeling of making a decision simply, you know, some emotional state that that becomes part of my mind? But I didn't actually make the decision. I was just acting out my program. Well, that's predeterminism, right? It's like well, everything it's from the beginning of time is predetermined, right? So, like, you have a, a concept in in just philosophy, I, I suppose. But determinism would be that you know the universe had a beginning, and then the laws of physics are simply acting themselves out as as time moves forward. And it's like okay, but in that in that scenario even though we can't explain every moment of every state of 
quantum state of every atom in the universe and how it's behaving. The point is it is stateable and that, that the universe is just deterministically acting out, run, running out its its programming. I've, and there's no room in there for free will unless you're something that's called a compatibilist, but is there room which for means free that willing? you yeah. say free will exists on top of that. But where's free willy? I think the common manifestation of this <laughs> is because people don't <laughs> people don't think about their daily lives in these terms. But the common manifestation is when people, you know, they say, "Oh, it's God has a plan." That's something people use to like justify yeah. tragedies or and stuff. Like it's that's part of God's plan. somebody God's that's dick. somebody adhering to yeah some determinist bullshit. I mean ideals by being like you know. Yeah, oh, but I'm yeah, not entirely unconvinced by you know? that. Well, that's a determinism, but also with a determiner, you know, whereas determinism right. can also just be the natural, you know, outgrowth of the laws of physics without any creator behind it. You know, Joe, this whole conversation yeah. came up as a as a sort of um, bounce back from like, you know, you, you look at like these deep ocean creatures and there's just no sense of life behind their eyes, even right. a shark, which isn't like pretty shallow con- considering like it just does its programming and there's nothing. And then we were talking about like how do you draw a line anywhere from that to snakes to monkeys to humans, like to dogs, yeah. like in cats, like you know, maybe maybe it's all just a slippery spectrum and I think that's what disturbed me about being yeah. reminded of these deep sea creatures. I'm like I thought to myself last night before I went to sleep, which is a bad time to think this. I was like, there's no, there's no reason to think that our project of being humans is any, any special, anything special. Sharks well, I think it's special so because we older. assign, because we the say idea behind it, it because that, it's that special. helps us survive, right? Yeah, to but say it's that special. works for the U.S. dollar. What I mean is like, yeah, we have like, Mozart, but like the fish down there have big fangs, and like either way, it's like if we're surviving, we are. If not, then we die. You know? Yeah, a it, lot it of shark, great, great whites. Great white sharks have pretty much been the same since yeah. for like so long. Sharks are older than trees. Did you know that? They're older than the dinosaurs. Evolutionary, yeah. Like, yeah, they're That's older than insane, dinosaurs, yeah. but they're older than trees. The planet used to be covered in giant mushrooms and funguses before trees figured out how to you know make a go of it. And and, and sharks were still doing their you know quote unquote mindless programming then. Do-do. So you got to respect Do-do. the game at least they, to be going for that long. Yeah. It's, it's a it's a pretty valid approach. Yeah, from like a, um, a special to think standpoint, that we're gonna wipe the them winner. out. Just well, just there's also that aspect to like uh, warriors and humans. Like when we see these certain types of special warriors, they have the qualities of those lower forms of life in a respectable way right which is sort of, of like if i say i'm going to do something i will do it right let's say a navy seal looks at you in the eye and says i will protect you you get this feeling like oh this person will do that mission until they they don't exist you yeah. know um, not like this supposed security guard outside of the school shooting who like didn't go into the building wasn't you know? there three of them it turned out i i, I haven't followed it closely it was four it was four I think it's four altogether. Um, but there's something in the heroism of, of human beings that it captures the energy of these kind of like ruthless fish, but it combines <laughs> it with like the wisdom of being a, smart, a wise, a wise, a wise monkey, a wise, great primate. So Joe, Fuck, what was your right? like uh, fact or fiction that you tried to slip in? Earlier? Like right at the beginning. Yeah. I, I kind of planted that seed early. I really yeah. did. 
Uh, Let me just say it didn't turn into anything, so you have to plant it again. No, that's fine. I just wanted to to panspermia it. Early. You panspermied my brain. <laughs> yeah. That's what I oh, hold on. I just want to tell you the beer exist? I just cracked first. What do you got, dude? There's definitely panspermia porn or whatever you said. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think it's New time England to move style. on to the segments. <laughs> I got a New England style from Wilmington Brewing Company out on the Outer Banks, which are getting hammered with a bad oh, storm shit. right now. But Outer Banks is great, I got though. The storm's coming, there. yeah. The seas are rising around yeah. here. The storm's coming. Uh, so it's a New England style, 8% brewed with lactose. And uh, there's literally, it says on the side, no boil hops. So there's no bitterness to this beer. It's just dry hopping. It's nice. like a glass of juice. Oh, interesting. Hoppy juice. By the way, that means like you can put hops in while the thing's boiling or while it's already cooled down. That's called dry hopping, right, Johnny? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. If you add them during the boil, you get bitterness, which is what a lot of non-beer drinkers. If you give them a beer, think that, of as you know, hops. They're not used. To, yeah. That that's that that bitterness is, uh, you know, specific to beer. Um, it's big it's time. Whoosh. But this style doesn't have them, so try it if you don't like bitter beers. Yeah, we try should really push style. the craft beer angle more on here. Like, just, like, everybody that, like, if you asked me, I guess, about a year ago, I had just started to, like, become aware of the craft beer world, you know? Yeah. And then, like, it's six months went by, yeah. and I had gone to my first, like, beer release, you know? Um, which, th- those can be annoying, like the, well, the it fact can, that it can they be exist a, it, is kind of annoying. It's it, and it's kind of like a culture shock if it, it's not something that you've been yeah. indoctrinated. I mean, it's into, a fun event, so like events yeah, are sure. fun. Hey, Johnny, we met somebody at this other half release. We got there when they opened, kind of late compared to other people. Guess what time this cat showed up to wait in line? It was a ten a.m. Oh opening. Like midnight. Midnight, exactly. And he guess what number yeah. online he was? What fiftieth. That's Brooklyn for you. But didn't you get the same beer he did? So he, we got, they, they released four beers. One of them was like highly sought after. He got that one. We got the other three and not that one. And we woke up at a reasonable hour at like 8 a.m. So I'm perfectly happy. Yeah, that's a reasonable yeah, I mean, trade-off. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it, and it's not even that we should push the beer more. And it's not that I'm some craft beer exert, expert because I'm definitely not. Yeah, you uh, just it's brew something beer. I definitely enjoy learning about. So. No, he's an expert. He's uh, being modest, ladies and gentlemen. But it's also like, like it's not, not something that people really have to push too hard on on anyone because, like, all you have to do is introduce someone to it. It's like anything good, if the thing's good enough, it gets picked up on, right? So, Joe, you've probably introduced a few people to craft beer, and then now they've like sort of taken up their own energy towards it, right? Yeah, well, it's one of those things. It's like I'm not going to try to convince you of the science just behind drink beer. This. I'm just going to present you with the evidence of how delicious this beer is by handing you one. And there is a learning curve, like anything else. Like sometimes at first it doesn't quite work, right? Well, that's that's often the case where people say, "Oh, I, I hate IPAs," and I'm like, "You should probably start stop talking like that first of all." Yeah, first off, stop lose the like accent because you yeah. sound like a fucking idiot. Right, and then try this really good IPA that's yeah. not that same vibe of that type of bitterness or dryness or whatever the problem is that you were having it's like shut your mouth no yeah. shut your shut your, Sh- stupid shut mouth. your mouth until you open shut it to your put mouth beer in and then open it drink for this, this beer and then just just drink it don't yeah. don't talk and that's fair and I, then like 10 seconds later they'll probably go oh yeah that was yeah. good most you know what's it's funny it is easier it's funny, if Johnny, they... 
Johnny, actually, uh, I we had a couple of our uncles over um, the other night. Long story short, um, and nice. they were they were you 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 can probably guess who they are, but they were saying how oh because me and Tommy were talking about you know the fancy beers or whatever, and they were saying like oh yeah no we're not into the fancy craft beer scene we like like a good Guinness you know whatever and we're like oh that's cool just just try this one I forget what beer it was exactly but it was a really good craft beer. And we were like, just try one. And we are like, oh, it's this. It's like we were explaining like what to expect. And they're like, yeah, psh, okay. Like it's going to taste like beer or like just two whatever. Like they always think it's going to taste I've two whatever. I've had one beer. I've had them all. Yeah, exactly. And they tried it and they were both like, you could see they wanted to be like, they were kind of smacking their lips like, oh, yeah, let's be ready to be like, oh, it's too bitter or it's too hoppy or whatever. And they both just look at us and they go. It's pretty good. <laughs> pretty, 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 pretty good. Pretty they, good. they were pleasantly surprised, and we were like, yeah, no, not all craft beer is good. There's a lot of bad craft beer. Don't be fooled, but there's a lot of good craft beer, and it's way better than the, all the rest of the beer. And it's like anything else. Yeah, it's, like it's all spectrums, said, like the oceans. There's good and there's bad, but uh, you sort of just have to know how to navigate it. Well, Navigation was, is the key. Yeah. Just like the sea. Just like the and sea. And I have to pee. No, I don't. <laughs> Uh, I mean, we were talking earlier, like it just like, rhymed. Why, like we're doing an episode on the ocean? It's like, what the fuck do we know about the ocean? It's like, the point I was trying to make is, I feel like all of us are pretty good. When you go on the internet, it's like this mysterious place filled with incredibly useful information that's correct. Yeah, talk and about incredibly incorrect information. Yeah. Literally incredible. It's a jungle. It's great. Yeah, it's a jungle, and but you have to know how to navigate it. I think more importantly is the fact that I couldn't believe that. Mount Everest itself weighs 80 million times what all of Earth's oceans put together weighs. Okay. Can you believe that? Can you believe that, Johnny? Say it one more time. Go ahead. I can't because a mountain you know. isn't a unit. Yeah, well, you know, you know, let Johnny, let Joe be his little bullshit character here. He gets off on it. You probably jerk off while right, you're yeah. thinking of like your fact or fiction character. Like, oh, I get to be all like Alex Trebek and like I know and you don't know. Like, That's such a I get, fair yeah, assessment I know. of Alex I get Trebek. to withhold my knowledge. <laughs> yeah, I have knowledge that I can withhold. It's gonna get me hard. And then later. go, ooh, you were so close. Yeah. But sorry, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. And then it's like the only reason you're not an idiot is because you just happen to like look it up first. I just happen. I, I just happen to have a team of people who looked it up first for me. If I'm Alex Trebek. Right. Right. That's the difference. That's the difference. That's the yeah. difference. At least you actually did it. At least I actually got drunk and found out that Mount Everest weighs. Uh, wait, I'm sorry. I, I think I fucked up the quote. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, can you read it one more? Yeah, time? Yeah, no, I just realized as I was about to say it, like I'm pretty sure I said it the opposite way the first time. So all of Earth's oceans weigh 80 million times what Mount Everest weighs. 80 million. Yeah, 80 okay. million. And that's given a margin of error. So, I, I I'll have give to you navigate us through the factor fiction a little bit. Yeah, go go for it's, it. It's there's a few few things going on here. So Joe, let me just make sure I have the claim correct. Yes, go You're ahead. You're claiming that. Um, I'm not claiming. I'm just stating the a weight fact. of all of the oceans is 80 times that of all of the rock that comprises Mount Everest. 80 million times. 80 million times. Yeah. Okay. Right. Correct. So we mentioned right, earlier, so water is really, really heavy. Dense That's worth too. noting, right? It's dense too. It's very dense. Yeah. Rock is not very dense. It is heavy, but it's not very dense. Which is an interesting distinction, right? Now I happen to know that the ocean goes down thirty-six thousand feet, 
You know? I, I don't think you ever said the yeah. average ocean depth, though. It's I think two point three miles, twelve thousand something feet. That's the average. Okay. Yeah. But but the deepest part is it goes down about as high as a plane flies in the sky. Isn't that pretty crazy? That's pretty deep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Fuck. like you're sitting there at the beach, looking at the water, and you see the surface of the water. But then you look up and you see a plane flying overhead. Yeah. And you're like, oh look, that plane's like that big fucking giant metal tube flying through the air, except. It looks like a tiny dot because it's 30,000 feet that way. That'd be deep if it was water below me. Yeah, it's terrifyingly <laughs> deep. Yeah. So so the ocean's very deep and very large. And yeah. I would say, I don't know exactly how much it weighs, but I would imagine it's um, disturbingly high. So my first instinct is to say any fact that puts the weight of the water against anything else is probably true. That's my first instinct. Yeah. My second instinct is a classic way the fact or fiction can go wrong yeah. is you say something that feels right, but then you give like an order of magnitude too much. Yeah, Luke's so on the money. It might be like 80,000 times more right. uh, heavy, but it's not 80 million. Well, so can I give a point of context that I, I, I was thinking about this earlier and I don't know if or how it will help, but I think it, it may... I, maybe Johnny can make something of this because I know Johnny might understand it. Certainly, Johnny, do you remember going to like um, like a, a baseball game, like maybe a Yankees game when we were kids? Mm-hmm. All right. Do you remember looking at the stadium and and seeing all the people in a full pack stadium? Yeah. Like how many fucking people that is? So that's about fifty thousand people. So eighty yeah. million would be, I think I calculated, about 160 of those stadiums of Mount Everest. That's how much weight I'm saying the oceans is. Yeah, but so, like, my instinct is, like, that could be true because I know water is heavier than we can think. But I'm saying as per your point of the orders of magnitude and not being able to conceptualize it because humans have an issue after some order of yeah. magnitude it's like i don't know the difference really between a billion and a trillion it's a shit ton tell me I, to picture 10 yeah. cars i can look but, at it in my mind right but that exactly so 10, that's thousand that's, i don't so know that's what i'm I saying imagine that. 160 yankee stadiums and all the people in each one is a mount everest that's what i'm saying how much the oceans weigh yeah that's that's crazy because also, how, I don't know how much a fucking mountain is. Like, I don't, you only see the top of it. So I don't know how far deep you're going. All right, I'll give you some more data. Yeah, that's a great question. I'll give you more data. There's no, there's, there, there's no you know, foundation line. I'm giving you there's data. no curb to line up the mountain with. Here's the statistic. Going with our height of 11,500 feet from base camp to the summit. So sea level or base camp? From base camp, not from sea level. Okay. Base camp? Yes, from base camp at Mount Everest. That's pretty high up. You're still in Nepal somewhere. Well, no, it's only from base camp to summit is only 11,500 feet. So good thing you asked. That makes a difference. Still two miles. It is still very far. I'm going to go with my original instinct, which was you're on the right track, but your number was a bit too high. Yeah. That sounds right. Luke's getting good at this. Okay. There's got to be a learning curve. Johnny, you were nervous about that on a recent episode. Like, like we were starting to turn the, the genie question right back at you, you know, and, and 
and uh, I could I could tell we we had you. You know, you're like, oh yeah, shit, these yeah. guys are starting to learn. Like they're evolving yeah, you from the ocean of genie loop. So am I right? So here's the first. Here's one thing I'll tell you that's interesting is that and and this I thought was really. Um, kind of intriguing that the oceans actually account for only 0.02% of the total weight of the earth, which is actually more than I kind of thought. Like uh, 2%? No, no, no. Or point, 0.02%. Like one, like 2% would be 2.0%. This is, I mean, that's what I mean. Like 0.02%, but 0.02 by itself is just 2%. Oh, is it? Like, I mean, 0.02 would just be like two hundredths. Oh shit! It's that much. Two percent. <laughs> That's way yeah. more than I thought. But I mean, water's heavy. 2%, I mean, yeah. the the thing about rock is that, like, at the bottom of the ocean, yeah, it's still like a long fucking way to get to the center of the earth. It's most of the way to get most to the of center the way. Of the earth. Yeah. Um. Right. In fact, I remember seeing a Neil deGrasse Tyson lecture where he was talking about if you made the Earth the size of um a pool ball, like let's say like you pick up a pool ball and you're holding it in your hands. Oh yeah, that's in his book too. He talks about that. It's yeah. in his book, but it's also in like his a few of his lectures, I think. Um, so, if you take a high point like Mount Everest, that's kind of known as the highest point above sea level. Right. Although there are certain higher things depending on how you measure it, I think you know because certain mountains go like well below sea level. Right. Yeah. Okay, so you you take a high point like that, and then you take the really low points of the ocean, which on average is 12,000 feet down, but at its steepest is 36,000 feet down. Right. So you take all of that. That's a big gap, right? Yeah. So if you were to feel with your finger across the surface of a sphere. Well, if you were a giant. Well, that's the thing. If you were to feel with a fine tooth comb, you would be like, hey, there's a trench that goes down here and there's a mountain that well, goes up I th- here. I think the analogy is the fact that if, you're a giant. If you're a giant and the earth is the size of a pool ball compared to how that's big I mean. you are as a giant. So now yeah. you're holding right. a pool ball and right. that's earth. Right. Correct. You're earth that would giant feel size. smoother than that pool ball, that perfectly like smooth pool ball, right? Earth would feel just as smooth. Um, even though it has dips down of 36,000 feet. That, that's actually fake, by the and way. And dips that's up that. of, of how high it. is Mount Everest? It, it's high. It's high. So um, that difference, right, Yeah. compared to the size of the Earth, the ratio of that difference compared to the size of the Earth is so wide that you don't even notice it when you're feeling it as a giant. Right. That's the point, right? Right. Um, so my guess is that you know, the Mount Everest thing, Mount Everest is so minuscule that the weight of that rock, you know, I... I He's getting flummoxed. I'm getting flummoxed. I'm so flummoxed what's, your fi- what's your final vote? My final vote is false. False. For the okay. reasons... I give reasons because I, I, I want to be like, aha, I was kind of right anyways. Like, yeah. Johnny, true or false? I mean, 80 million is just a number I can't comprehend. So but that's I'm why I told you it's 160 to Yankee stadiums in each person in each stadium. I just don't think that clue is helpful. Is it's Mount just Everest. more numbers and <laughs> things I can't picture. Yeah, that's, that's interesting, but it just makes me think of really dense people, like a bunch of singularities at the ballpark. <laughs> you know, it's just, it All doesn't right, so really help in are this you true decision. Or false? But I'm going to go with true because 80 million is, is a lot. So yeah. I'm curious. But. So, in fact, the my math is probably totally wrong, by the way. 
but as long as you get the fact right, like we can we can recover oh, from the math. Oh no, I, the the fact might be wrong because of the math. Oh gosh. But if it is right, excellent. <laughs> Johnny digs it. Um, yeah. In fact, the Earth's oceans are eighty-four million times the weight of Mount Everest. And you said eighty. Yeah, but I said a five million so margin of error at the beginning. Yeah, so I was I was right. Yeah, you were right. <laughs> Johnny's like, yeah, I got it. <laughs> yeah. See, this yeah. is the thing. I never know when Joe's trying to trick me or not. <laughs> I I knew it was yeah, a lot. I decided before but... he before he. But that's what that's what I'm trying. That's why I was trying to contextualize it with like some sort of tangible example where 80 million doesn't just sound like a random number of magnitude. So it's like I've been in Yankee Stadium. I've seen 50,000 people. So imagine each one of them is what I imagine Mount Everest is like. And then timesing that by 100 plus 60 more of those. And what do you get? I I get what I would imagine the size of the Earth's (laughs) oceans are. Bullshit. That's insane. <laughs> you, get that, you get insane. that if you started the whole equation with knowing the answer. Yeah, what's your But if you're point? just trying to do the equation from like the bottom <laughs> up, you just you just get stuck at like how do I picture that many Yankee stadiums of fat people? But but <laughs> if I had people because so I'm like fat, how fat they weigh, yeah. <laughs> but that points to the fact of how, each. how big and the then... oceans are. Like Mount Everest is fucking big, dude. Like 80 million is a lot of Mount Everest. Like, the oceans are yeah. big, but it's not bigger than 80 million Mount Everest. Fair enough. It's hard to pluralize that word, too, I noticed. Very, especially I've because arrived. I'm on whatever number All right. drink here. Uh, Joe, give us your sum up. What is the uh, oceans? So, you know, <laughs> what is the wrap oceans? us up. Give us, give, us the, uh, give us the conclusion paragraph, writing professor. The oceans are the beginning. They may, in fact, be the end. But all we know for now is that they are our friend. What's that from? Wow. It just rhymed. You wow. just said it now? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Applause. All right, Johnny, what do you... Johnny, <laughs> can you give us your... your? Uh... Oh, that's hard to follow. <laughs> I mean, he just rhymed a bunch of bullshit words. You can do yeah, it. Yeah, it's pretty easy. Try it. Um, uh, the ocean... <laughs> no, you don't have to no, rhyme. No, 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 no. Let me go. Let me go. Oh, okay, good. No, go ahead. No, no I, I got nothing. I was out. No, go ahead. Go, go, go. Um... I had a would you rather, but we basically talked about it. It was about exploring the ocean depths, and I think that's where we'd all be at, so that's no good. But I got another one. Would you rather have super strength, but you got to be holding an onion? Wait, no. We should save this to the drunk tank. Yeah. Are we drunk tanking? Yeah, let's, let's wrap this do up. Do you guys want a drunk tank? I guess we could. We could do that. Yeah, we, we still have some more beers. Well, thank you for like, sharing, and subscribing on our Oceans episode. Uh, you know... Uh, get in touch let us know if you like things like oceans <laughs> yeah it's time to transition it's official um, johnny's standing up for some I, reason i just wanted to point out one <laughs> johnny's last swaying. one last thing about the oceans uh yeah there's something known as the falling whale and oh they got me good they got me good i was literally dancing um and i got fucking hung up on well played Luke was talking about the falling whale, which is a, a real thing, I'm pretty sure. Uh, the ecosystems that develop for years after a whale dies and falls to the bottom of the ocean because they're just so big, all the life they can support. It's a, it's like a pretty, pretty amazing thing. Uh, but we're done. Uh, come check us out in the drunk tank. We still got some more really good craft beer, and um, there's just so much in the fridge. I got to clear it out, so we got to every now and then. Drink a bunch and uh, ramble about stuff. And I got a would you rather involving onions. So come on in the.
I get, we got him, right? Did I do it? I think he was dancing. We he got was him. dancing. We got him. I actually had something to say about the whale, though. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I panicked. I was I can say like, to you, we're it's... still on the air. Oh, all right. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so first when of a whale... all, Johnny, uh, uh, <laughs> defeat accepted, but go ahead. Um, that's it, two in a row for us. If you don't know, if you, this is the first time you're listening, we always battle over because Johnny Skypes in, so we battle over who hangs up first to end the episode, and then we'll enter Drunk Tank accordingly. But yeah. we get to, so we we get to wrap up. So we again. So Johnny, you'll hear him right after we hang up, right? And now you're hearing us at the very you end will of the episode. Ha- you, this is future perfect tense again. I yes, love this correct. Tense. You yes. will have just heard Johnny yes, being right. like, oh, I'm such yeah. a idiot. Like, yeah. I'm a big, fat, stupid idiot. Yeah. And oh, I lost again. Oh, and my face is oh. really stupid looking. Yeah. And like... Oh. I always talk like this. Ooh, you know? I have so you'll hear like that the from president. him, and now you're hearing us. Yeah. And if you stuck around this long, well done. Yeah. Bless your fish soul. Bless, bless your, <laughs> bless, bless your flesh. <laughs> oh my God! It's time to end. <laughs> we gotta get to the drunk tank fast, yeah. Joe. We gotta survive. Um, this. I just wanted go. to talk yeah. about whales. When a whale <laughs> dies, it's called like a falling whale or something like that. And the whole carcass just falls to the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. And it becomes this massive feast for like years that all oh, other yeah. life eats and lives in the it's carcass like a, of the like whale. It's like a new ecosystem, yeah. And it just, it kind of reminded me of this idea of like, you know, we come from nature and then eventually entropy will always increase. Yeah. And we will return to nature. Yeah. Your body will, let's say, rest on the earth eventually and yeah. then become part of the earth and new life will emerge from that. Until it all dies. And and I think the deep sea is kind of like a great model for this type of thinking because those processes happen so much faster and so much more directly. It's like as soon as you're in liquid, you can decompose very quickly into and just become part of matter again. Right. You know? but, but that's what's interesting about it is because it's also where it started. Like it's also the origin yeah. of everything. And that there is that aspect it. to it. Yeah. And, and you know, what? and I don't know what to do with that. No, necessarily. I, you know? I think we transitioned into it. Fuck. I think we'll go into drunk tank. I think we go, we evolve into so, drunk tank. So uh, yeah. if you're still listening, thank you very much yeah. for uh, listening to this if podcast. You, if you would like to hear us continue into drunk tank, please join us on Patreon. Yeah, so we do this thing called drunk tank. We're about to go into it where we're, we're going to call Johnny back and just keep drinking beer and uh, get, get, I guess, drunker is the easiest way to say that. Like right now we're a yeah. little bit drunk, but we're, we usually have like two or three more beers and yeah. get more ridiculous, There's already I one, suppose. There's already one in the ice bucket. Yeah, um, so that's what we're about to do. But definitely thanks for listening if you're, Thank you. if yeah. you're hearing this. We and, had a great time. Um, this isn't really an excuse for us to have a fun time, but uh, just share it with people you think might like it. We would love to continue podcasting. Especially people who know more about the oceans. Send it to yeah, them. Yeah, and anyone out there listening feedback. who who uh, thinks you might have a fun time being on a podcast, just, I guess, come on, right? Yeah, donate $100 and we'll let you on. <laughs> I just decided that. Or for free, if you're cool. If you're not cool, you have to pay to come on. If you're cool, we'll have you on for free. I'm going to charge them on side money, but yeah. Well, (laughs) you go ahead and promise whatever you want for free. Fair enough. All right. Are we good? See you in Drunk Tank or Or next episode. Or next episode. We hope to see you either way. Yeah. Yeah. Swim well, my friends. Bye bye. Swim well, my friends. Dosakis.